brand new podcast with today's guest, Al Madrigal, who has a Showtime special airing this Friday night, Cinco de Mayo at Nueve O'Clock, called Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Make sure to put it in your DVRs. You can go to the Showtime app, as you know, if you're a fan of this podcast. You watched mine there. You can get a week free trial. All you got to do is put in an email, make it a password, and bam, you get the free Showtime app. I'm, I'm going to probably send Al that email. But Al Madrigal, real quick, we'll do the intro up front, and then we'll do tour dates so that you can hear the intro. And then if you want to skip my tour dates, like a fucking asshole, like a fucking selfish prick asshole... Then you can do that. Then you can just, you know, click that forward button. Like a fucking dick. Like a piece of shit fucking dick. Then just hit that, that skip forward button. Or you can listen to the whole thing. I'll try to make it entertaining. Al Madrigal is a comic that when I first heard of him was the dude. By the way, this the dude has been working consistently in this business since that day. He's been on... I think nine sitcoms. He was on The Daily Show most recently. He is the founder of All Things Comedy. The thing I'll say about Al is the first time I heard about him, they were like, dude, you got to watch this guy work. He's fucking phenomenal. He was a comedy store guy. He got seen by Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle brought him on the road. He got seen by Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg brought him on the road. He is fucking one of the coolest guys. He's the kind of guy that I remember like hanging out with him. He was the kind of guy that could, like if you, if you had a joint and you're passing around, he'd take a hit off a joint. And if you wanted to have a drink, you'd always have a drink with you. He was cool as fuck. And he never got faded, although he says he did in the podcast. He says he does. But, like, every time I was with him, I was like, man, I wish I was more like that. He'd, like, take a couple hits off the joint and just hang out. And his writing is phenomenal. It's, it really is one of the few comics that I watched and was like, shit, man, I don't write at all. Like, I'm I'm just – I'm not that good at all. We did a – we talk about this all in the podcast. You're going to really love this podcast. But – uh but yeah, Al is different than all of us comics. I, I will always say that because he is as talented as all of us. But at the same time, he is a guy who has a business acumen that is um, above and beyond. That's the reason he started All Things Comedy with Bill Burr. Trust me. I love you, Bill. But we all know that if it wasn't for Al, none, none of that shit would have gotten done. That's fucking Al for you. He's a getter. He's a hard worker. He's got like nine projects going on at any given time. Actually, he says in this a great deal more than nine. And uh, and he's a father of two. He's a great dad. He's dialed in. He coaches soccer. He's just a fucking guy that is a comic you look up to. I get a lot of guys that come back to the man cave and they always go, wow, you're like a real dad. And I, part of me goes, I guess you've never been to Al's for Christmas Eve because you go to Al's at Christmas Eve and he's like Clark Griswold, but Mexican. So, um, <laughs> so and his family's the future. His wife's Korean. He's Mexican. And that is what the world will look like one day. His children, they're we talk about all this, about being a dad, about doing the road, about partying, about fucking everything. This is a great podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. I'll say his name one more time, but right now is when I'm going to do tour dates, so don't skip ahead. Just listen, because if you live in Detroit, then you already know that those shows at the Crowfoot Lounge are sold out this Thursday, May 4th, but it, if you live in Cincinnati, or better yet, Liberty Township, then you know that I have shows on the 5th and 6th of May in your city. I'll be doing Kid Chris in the morning, I hope. I really hope because I just announced it. So not super happy about that, that I should have checked. Kid Chris, will you please have me on your show? Thank you. Um, I got uh, the Crapshoot Comedy Festival is happening 
in Vegas on the 19th. I know Tig's there, Nataro's there, Bronger's there, Sickler's there. The fucking list is insane of what all the comics at the Crapshoot Comedy Fest. I'm doing a po- live podcast in the afternoon and then a show that evening. And then the next morning, I'm getting on a plane and flying to Bisbee, Arizona, where we are doing a show that evening, a live podcast, me and Stanhope on the 20th. I will be drunk. It will be chaos. It is sold out. And then I'm gonna thinking about sticking around Bisbee for like a day or two to just fucking chill. It's nice. It kind of resets your your artistic clock to be around really original people, and those people uh, that that compound is uh, is uh, inspiring artistically, to say the least. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Blue Note in Hawaii, May thirty first. I'll be at the store a bunch in May, so always go to the comedy store uh, in May and stop by. I do a lot of Tuesday night shows there because it's easier for my family. I'll probably be doing. Maybe I'd like to do a weekend at the store. I've never done a weekend at the store. Um, oh, Bill Burr and I are doing a show on the 10th of May at the Comedy Store. So, yes, the 10th of May, Bill Burr and I are headlining in the main room. So, uh, co-headlining, but I will probably be going first. So, go to the there, the May tonight. You're going to, it's too late. I already did that show. Uh, and that's the Blue Nut. And then I got Cobb's Comedy Club, the 9th and 10th of June. Um, Sacramento, Punchline, the 11th of June. Kansas City, Orlando, Cherokee Casino at the very end of the month, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Cleveland Hilarities in July, and big announcement, Australia. I'm coming in September. We're doing a tour in Australia. Do I say we? It's just me. But I will be in Australia. We're doing a couple theaters or maybe three theaters, three, a gala. I don't know what I'm doing, but I just got the offer. I'm announcing it. The tickets aren't in sale. Maybe I should have waited, but let's jump the gun. Boy, do I have another bigger announcement that I think everyone's going to be jacking off over. Uh, I think, trust me, actually, I have two big announcements that I know you guys are going to lose your fucking minds over. And it's not me. It's nothing big happened with my career, but it's something I'm involved in that when you hear it, you're going to go, shut the fuck up. I'm getting tickets for that. Uh, so, Actually, four things. If you really think about it, four things. Um, you know what? Five things. If you think about it, five things. So come to think of it, six things. Six things. Still working on my scripted show. Uh, we're breaking the story now. Um, I have sold a couple things that uh, we should be shooting soon, and I will announce those. And uh, that's that, really, I think. I wish I could keep up with you more. This is a long enough intro for no, someone that didn't have anything to promote. Let's pray to God I fucking did this right. <sighs> anyway, today's podcast guest, like I said, has an hour special airing this Friday on Showtime, Cinco de Mayo at Nueve o'clock. So make sure to tune in. He is my good friend. He is a hilarious comic. He is a working actor, host, fucking podcaster, entrepreneur, dad, fucking all around badass dude who can handle his alcohol. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for my friend, Al Madrigal. This is So wait, what? What do you mean you're waking up out of breath? Fully, fully, yeah, 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 yeah. Fully out of breath. Just really? Wake, wake up in the middle of the night. <sighs> really? Yeah. Why are you wearing a Utah jazz hat? Because I was in Utah last week. Oh, okay. I have a fucking big head. Oh, it's huge. What, um, State wait, Warrior. so you just went to the doctor? Just left the doctor's office. I had set up with three different referrals. The first one she set me up with was for a cognitive uh, behavioral therapist. Oh, she thinks it's panic attacks? I'm having, I've always had a problem. So if you listen to the ATC live podcast that me and Bill Burr rarely do, 
Yeah. He thinks I'm a crazy person. So he – and uh, that's crazy person. I think I, – you know, it's so funny. You are someone that people talk about because you're an interesting fucking person. You're well, very different than the average comic. I – have a business background that people like to think of me as like a normal dad, type, yeah. normal guy. I certainly bounce into that way more. I'm finding myself starting to like hanging out with the normal dads that I hang out with just yeah. as much as I do the comics. And uh, I could see myself transitioning away from the comics and comedy clubs. I'm going through a whole fucking crisis right now that I could talk to you about. Really? But... It's a problem. Like, I feel... I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm up in the middle of the night for two hours. Okay. Starting at about 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I'll wake up. And I'll wake up going... <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking freaking out. And I thought it was my heart. Yeah. And it you, turns what, out... Do you get physicals? I, this is what, I just left one. No, but I mean, do, do you get physicals? Once a year. Once a year? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, blood work. She goes, nothing's going on with your blood pressure. You're yeah. totally cool. By the way... I highly recommend this for every single guy in my age. Hot doctor. Oh, I have a tiny, ugly Jewish one. <laughs> really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Woman or a man or a woman? No, that's all right. So I leave my hot doctor. And she she's great. But she basically says, You're, everything looks good. But we're going to send you in for all your blood work. You get a PSA test. My dad died of cancer in June, uh, June 5th of last year, and he had cancer all over his entire body. He was given five months to live seven years ago. Really? So he just was a trooper and stuck it out, was in horrible pain. My dad's best friend was a pain management guy. So my dad's best buddy was a physician that was a pain blocker. So he's like, trust me, you'll never suffer. You're good. My dad had Oxycontin lollipops. You know all that shit that Michael Jackson died of? My dad had like Listerine tabs. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was good, but yeah. he was in a tremendous amount of pain. So I have a history of heart disease, cancer. I feel like I'm going to fucking die because I flip out. And that's what Bill makes fun of me for is I sort of flip out. I do. I die. If I see bullshit... Like, I'm not happy-go-lucky. Like, I envy you so much because oh, you're such a jolly fucking guy. I'm a fucking mess. <laughs> I'm a mess. I, I have a thing. I just talked to Soder about this. Is I had, by the way, the greatest weekend with Dan Soder. We were doing different clubs in the same city. Oh, that's I did that with him in Vancouver. I was shooting a TV show, and he was in Vancouver, and I hung out with him all fucking weekend. Yeah, and he, we talked. We It was so nice. We talked just bullshit gossip for fuck. Literally six hours. So people don't realize that when you're a comedian, you travel to another city, and then you look up who's at the other club. I've had this happen with Nick Thune, spent all weekend with, yeah, and with Dan Soder. Just I had you- Thune on the podcast last week. Nick Thune I get a kick out of. Nick is one of my – might be my most memorable podcast I'll ever have because we walk in, and he just pulls that Kettle One bottle off there, and he goes, I'm going to need a pull to just straighten out a little bit this morning, and just takes a pull off of it. And I was like, all right, all right let's Nick have a drink. Thune. <laughs> Nick Thune, this is, uh, goes perfectly in line with what we were talking about in terms of me flipping out. Me and Nick Thune are in Atlanta at a bar, and we're standing there minding our own fucking business, and some guy walks up. Out of nowhere, drunk guy. Yeah. And takes Nick Thune's shirt and tussles it a little bit. Like he just, he grabs the collar and he flips it around. And I look at the guy and then I look at Nick and I'm like, 
What the fuck was that? You gonna lend another what, what man? Doing? Yeah. Why is he touch? Why is this guy touching you? Oh. And Nick goes, you know, I just had a, I just had a baby. I'm not gonna, you know, he's a drunk guy. Yeah. I'm letting it go. I'm not gonna yeah. get in a fight in an Atlanta bar. And I'm like, that was weird. That yeah. was, I, if somebody comes up and touches me, I don't know if I'm that cool. So then we're hanging out outside, smoking cigarettes, drinking, uh, you know, comics on the road. All of us, yeah, you know, uh, we were drinking heavily. Yeah, outside bar, girls came from. The show, like Johnny Sanchez was featuring for me, so fucking Johnny's there. It was like just a really good time. Yeah. And then the same guy comes again, and he walks up, and he gets Nick's hair. He puts his hand in Nick's hair and starts rubbing around in his hair. And I look at the guy, and I go, I grab my beer mug, like one of those things where you're going to fucking just punch somebody in the face with a beer mug. And I pick it up. And I go, you better get the fuck out of here or else there's going to be a problem. And then his friends come rushing over and he goes, there's a problem here? Like that. And I go, yeah, there's a fucking problem here. Your buddy needs to fucking sit the fuck down or he's going to get this fucking glass in his face. Like that. And Poor Nick is like, Al, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's, okay. it's my hair. And I don't know why. It's I my hair. It, but I go to fucking, like, I picked up a four... Uh, Dude, I was in – I was having a slice of pizza after shows in San Francisco. I've never told anybody this story. And fucking this guy was fucking – they were drunk, and he was nudging me. And his girlfriend saw me pick up my fucking uh, a fork. Yeah. Like I was just going to fucking prison-style fucking just jab him. Fuck. And I really felt like I was going to. My wife, this is all it was, I'm going to see a therapist about all this shit. And I wake <laughs> up in the middle of the night breathing heavy because I imagine myself in fights. I was walking through the Glendale Galleria with my wife. And this guy, like, this is an Armenian punk was walking towards us. Yeah. And I had a daydream about him hitting my kids and, and, and doing something to my wife. And I grabbed my wife's hand, and then I clenched my other fist. And she goes, oh, my God, you just thought about killing that guy, didn't you? And I go, yeah, I did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just like, but is there a way out of this? I mean, is, is, it, is it conditioning? I don't know what happened to me. I don't know if any of this is real. I really, again, I've never been in, I've choked a couple people yeah. in college. Like I saw this guy was like fucking harassed, like really like date rapey situation where this guy yeah. was really fucking fucking with this chick. And he was much bigger than I am. And I went straight for his fucking throat. And I started choking him until people pulled me off. I was on the road with Doug Benson and we were in Detroit doing a High Times comedy tour. Yeah. Where this is how long ago T.J. Miller was a new Chicago comic talking about how he was going to move to L.A. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So me and Doug are on the road, High Times comedy tour. And we're in a pool hall slash rock club that it was just one of the worst shows I've ever done. Doug Benson did two minutes and walked off stage. Really? I did my full 25. And I'm closing. And I go, if you guys could just shut the fuck up. I go, I'm just going to finish. You down front. If you could just be quiet. I'm just going to do my closer and get the fuck out of here. This yeah. is a horrible gig. You know, I just say, I go, let me just do my last five. And he goes, don't mind me. Just do your jokes. Just do your jokes. 
and gives me that hand thing of like, yeah. just get out of my face. <laughs> and I looked at him and I go, all right, fucker. I go, I'm going to finish my act and then I'm going to come down there. And I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> I was just so irritated with everything that's going on. I'm gonna finish my act. And, and my shit sure says piano. That's yeah, that's yeah, no, things. It was You're a basshole. It's, it was kid material. That's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. Is that fucking? It was just like this bit oh. about um yeah my kids a big fucking closer put the mic in the mic stand marched down there grabbed the guy yeah. by the back he didn't you know he was shocked I grabbed the guy by. The shirt. That's another thing that people don't realize. Like, I play these meat characters and I hide well, but I'm fucking 190 pounds. Like I fucking like <laughs> I go to the gym almost constantly. Like I fucking grabbed a dude and I dragged his ass into the pool hall and I fucking I said I warned you motherfucker and I fucking just started choking him <laughs> and then the bouncer and, like, <laughs> and everybody playing pool like barely flinched. Like it's Detroit oh. pool hall. Yeah, and nobody like oh, it's gonna, somebody else is getting choked over there. <laughs> they didn't raise an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, the bouncer came running up. The promoter came running up, laughing. I hear Doug say, "If anybody else fucking makes another sound, I'm walking away." Somebody goes, <laughs> "He's like fuck." Oh, he just walks off. Doug's stage. got it. Doug's got a, a trigger uh, temper. Like he has no patience for that shit. But. I, he shouldn't because and now he's in a spot and you're in a spot and Segura's in a spot and everybody – what comics want to get to is they want to get to a place where their f- people come to see them. Yeah. And you and I have been at this a long time and we've said we've been through – that's the trials of a comic is like no one knows who you are. And then you have some credits enough to get booked as a headliner at these comedy clubs and still people don't really know who you are. Yeah. They just see a bunch of things – and then they come, and some people know. So maybe 30% of the people know who you are. Yeah. And the rest are there just to see comedy. Or maybe they even paper the room. And it's a fucking disaster. Like, I've had instances, if there were uh, fucking camera, I'm sure there's got to be phone video of Ooh. me losing my shit. I've, I have a couple of those before f- cell phones of me falling apart. I, I have the exact opposite problem that you have. Um, actually, Dan and I were talking about this this weekend. I'm such a nice guy that I feel like I get taken advantage of a lot like, by the club owner and by an audience, by anybody. Like I, I actually, I, my whole thing has always been do the show, do the meet and greet, and then drink with the audience. Like stay at the club and drink, or go meet everyone at a bar. And I think, I, I think I'm thinking, I think I'm done doing it for the rest of my life. This I think is- I just officially stopped. I was in Buffalo. And some lady, I go out. I rarely go out. I go out to the bar. Uh, I think I was selling something at the time, so I had a bunch of CDs. I sold them. And then people are hanging out. I have such a weird group of people. Right before we started this podcast, I was talking about to you. I go, this, I have a special coming out on Friday. Yeah. Might be it. Pretty good, solid chance that this might I'm done. I'm walking away. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you why. Too. Why? So, so I'm at this fucking Buffalo Club. Yeah. And this is a while ago, but I'm standing there 
and the bartender knew what I was drinking, and a lady walks up, and I drink a variety of things. I'll pretty much drink anything. I'm not a big Scotch fan, but I see all the. Bur- I love bourbon. Yeah, you know I own part of a distillery. Yeah, you got did that with the Daily Show guys, right? Yeah, I got. I got to get you. I think you bottles. got me a, bo- uh, a I, bottle. I'll, I'll I'll bring. I'll get more sent over. Yeah, please. Van Brunt Stillhouse. It's uh, it's great stuff. So. I'm there. I'm drinking a VO press, which is uh, Seagram's VO. Yeah. Uh, ginger ale and splash of soda with a little bit. It's a drink of uh, lemon twist. You could drink 19 of those things. It's the best drink ever. It's yeah. an old man drink. I was at a wedding when I was 21 years old. This guy, Nick Sapinar, is old guy, old grandfather. Uh, uh, guy is my best friend's grandfather. He came up to the bar and he goes, I need five VO presses. And I go, what is that? Make it six. You're going to order five of a drink. I'll take one. And he goes, kid, it's the only drink you ever need to drink for the rest of your life. I got to have one tonight. I'm in. That's fucking delicious. It's like drinking, um, uh, 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 it's refreshing. Like just fucking, it's. What's it called? A view Well, it's a press. It's a Presbyterian. You can make a press out of anything. So you take any sort of hard liquor, distill, you can take a bourbon, you can make one with bourbon. And you take a little bit of ginger ale in a bourbon press or Presbyterian. You put, a, I think, a little bit of bitters as well. Yeah. And uh, it's with a lemon and with a little dash of club soda. And it's fucking refreshing. So if you go to, like, Musso and Frank's or an old school place yeah. and say, I need a Presbyterian, the bartender or the fucking guy will look at you just like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. This oh, is an old... Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, you know, the very seldomly do I get inspired to drink. <laughs> 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 you already got it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I was like, I'm not going to drink tonight. Now I'm definitely getting a VO press. VO press, man. Uh, cl- uh, ginger ale, Canada, uh, Canada Dry. Yeah. Not Schweppes. And then um, dash of club soda and uh, a little bit of lemon. I can just – the best warm weather drink or if you really know you're going to drink a lot of something, you want to go with that. Because we, we started um, – I grew up in San Francisco in North Beach. Wait, hold on. What happened with the oh, with sure. the lady? Tell me what happened to the lady. Oh, fuck it. I'll go off on tangents left and right. Um, I'm sad at the bar. The lady come, brings a VO press over. And she goes, here, I got this drink for you. I bought you a drink. And I go, lady, you didn't have to buy me a drink. I drink for free. Yeah. That's no big deal. And she started going on and on how she had a horrible week. And she started talking to me because... She felt like she, I owed her the time because she bought me the drink, and she even said as much. I go, well, nice talking to you, ma'am. I'm going to go settle up here and talk to – it's Friday. Yeah. I got to go uh, settle up with the club real quick. She goes, I bought you that drink, and you were going to talk to me because I deserve that. She was a little oh, fucking Jesus. nutbag. So I took $20 out of my pocket, and I go, here you go. Now you didn't buy me a drink. Like that, and I fucking walked away. See, that's the difference between me and you. I end up sitting there and taking an ear beating all fucking night. There were these two guys, very nice in Calgary, um, very nice. I think one might, I'm not really certain, but the one of the guys would just wouldn't, he literally, I, he almost got in the car when I was, I walked out of the bar and then got in the car and he almost walked in the car. He almost got in the car. He, he And I, he, I was like, hey man, I gotta go. But like, I feel like, I feel like. You're very accessible. You put you have this podcast, and you have you know you were, we were talking about the special, and we you, you had yours on Showtime, and I have mine coming up on Showtime. We were talking about shit that you should do, and you go, dude, you got to put out a video every day. Yeah, 
I would never do that. I know it's like fucking. I am the worst. Like oh. I just announced the Forty ers draft pick. Yeah, um, Disoder told you that yeah. I was in the war room with the Forty ers before at, during their draft. During it, not after. Fucking Shut like the in the fuck middle of up. it. And I didn't take. I'm just realizing this. I didn't take one fucking picture <laughs> the entire time I was there. Yeah, but that's what you're supposed. You're supposed to be like you. You're supposed to be like you. I someone the other day was uh I really am true to like I can't um I don't know I just don't I feel like I'm in and having an experience and I'm just going to have it and I'm going to walk away like yeah. that and then this special I feel like this I long for the old days of being a stand-up comic where you just it was pre-phones where you yeah. had material come out and people found it and passed it along to their friends. And now we can give them the nudge. Yeah. And I certainly am doing something that you recommended is I'm putting shit on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but I'll post something on my Facebook. Oh, we'll, thanks, we'll, shoot a, we'll, we'll shoot a video uh, today and I'll post it. I'll post it. Uh, well, I can post it today, but, but anyway, Facebook's I'm, been the biggest turnout for me. Yeah, I'm bad at marketing myself. And that's the other thing is like why I'm thinking about calling it quits is because I go to the comedy clubs and I just feel like I've sort of – I haven't got the people there to 100% see me. It's uh, that is, This special will do that. This Showtime special has been really fucking helpful. Like it's, it's – I, I think if I hadn't – this special probably changed the scope of my career – in that, and, and I think it performed mediocrely on Showtime, but the clips and it being online, and then with the notoriety of it being a, like a Showtime special, I think it fucking everyone found it. That's awesome, and, and that's just and you gotta well, let, let you gotta let people rip it. Put it, don't let your lawyer convince you or your agents to let the don't let them put it on YouTube. Let them put it on YouTube. This oh, fucking true. Vietnamese guy did the most brilliant thing. He put it on YouTube. It's and then he just titled it "Funny Naked Man Talking," and and because I'm shirtless and it's fucking got a ton of views. Hey, uh, if that Vietnamese guy could do the same thing for me, I'll hit him up. My lawyer's <laughs> in his number. <laughs> yeah, they funny. made him take it down like three times. I go, stop. If you liked funny naked guy talking, you're going <laughs> to love it. What's the name of your special? It's called Shrimpin' and Easy. Oh, I, wait. Did I see a billboard for that? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you saw a billboard for that. If I you long, did, I'd be fucking shocked. And no I, one long, I long for the times where um, where stand-up wasn't about promoting. Yeah. I hate, like someone said to me, well, what advice would you give a young comic? Uh, my advice would be, are you interested in starting a production company? Yeah. Because that is what you're starting. You're not just doing stand-up anymore. You are. You need to learn uh, Photoshop because you got to oh, take, man. take your you, face and put it on Gilligan's if you face. Are, if you were a young comedian, please take a social media marketing class right now. Take a. You need to be a digital marketer. You need to also have some fucking great desktop skills, or your best friend does, because yeah. they need you to need do Adobe that. Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. You got like, like I'm, I'm amazed at all the fucking hats I wear. Like just, a, and I'm a little obsessive compulsive, so I won't let people uh, shoot. I do everything myself because I want to be able to. Like if something goes wrong, I want to be able to fix it. I want to take blame for it. Um, but, but yeah, I. I uh, this past weekend is the best I've ever done in stand-up in a very what long time. What city was this? Calgary. 
Oh, and it no was, shit. And it was because I was hanging out with Dan all day. all day. Like, we'd go to lunch at noon, and we'd stay there till 4. And I just talked, and I went, fuck, man, I'm, this is what I miss about... The one thing I miss about New York is sitting outside the comedy club with comics. No one's looking at their phone. I mean, this is, isn't unachievable now, but we would just sit out there and bullshit and just break balls. Patrice... Fucking one of the best parts about stand-up comedy is the hang. Yeah. And with hanging out with comics, the comedy store is this sort of secret back bar place that's fantastic. I'm going to be there tomorrow night. Yeah. Are you, were you, were you at the store this week? I didn't call in because I have too much. It's yeah. too crazy. It's uh, I'm shooting a pilot. That's the other thing. It's like other Wait, ass. Let's, so let's, let's just real quick. How many fucking things do you have going on right now? You've got your special coming out. I am no joke. This is there's a list, and I'm I'm I could run through everything, but it's a little too crazy. I have made a list with Rachel Garcia, yeah, and it's 29. And I'm not even joking. Like that's so funny. Is that uh, people were tweeting after I did this 49ers thing, and somebody's like, uh, "This guy hasn't done anything in fucking three years. How does he get a chance to?" Uh, which is like, oh. I, I don't need to. I don't reply to anything really. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this guy hasn't done anything in three years. They're out of their fucking mind. Well, so people how many have no fucking idea. how many how many sitcoms have you been on? This is uh, I'm dying up here is number ten. Wow. And, and then, four of those have gone to air. And uh, about a boy went to season two, and then I did Daily Show for five and a half years. You did it with John Stewart, right? All John Stewart, yeah. And then, and you then now you're doing I'm dying up here. Which is it comes out on June fourth. It's a show about stand up in the seventies. I love that comics. book, dude. I love that. It was book. a crazy fucking time. If people don't know what we're talking about, there's a book by the same name, and that's what they optioned. But Jim Carrey basically started showing up at the comedy store and cast a bunch of us. I got put in it, and Eric Griffin's in it. Uh, Cheeto Santino. San- Santino's in it. And Santino that's my favorite Twitter name, by the way, Cheeto Santino. Yeah. That's my favorite Twitter. He, I just met him the other night. Like, really? I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I've probably met him or I've run into him, but I just made like a formal introduction where I was like, "Was he on the podcast?" No, he's coming on uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, I think. great! I think no, uh, yeah, he's coming on in a couple of weeks to talk about I'm dying up here too, right? Or no, I think no, I think we're just doing a podcast. Uh, okay. but, I mean, we'll definitely talk about I'm dying up here, but uh, yeah, that's I'm really looking forward to that show. You, Eric, Cheeto. Uh, and then Dom is in it, Earl Skakel's in it, Jerron's in it, Judy Gold is in it. I'm just really running down the comics. As far as actors, Melissa Leo, who's in The Fighter, she won the Oscar for Best Actress in oh, The yeah. Fighter. And uh, Jim Carrey produces, and then just a shitload of great actors, Clark Duke and uh, Michael Angarano. Uh, Michael Angarano, you just you could look that up. It's just a huge. What's list the of, premise of I'm Dying Up Here? Like, what is the, how that? How are they structuring it? Is it ab- around the strike? It's the whole scene will lead up to that, but it's the stand-up comedy scene in L.A. in 1973. Richard Pryor, and right next to him, a guy who could not afford a sandwich and who was sleeping in his car who was just as funny. And that was like just desperation of you only had three different outlets yeah. uh, in terms of networks for stand-up. Johnny Carson said could make you famous. And everyone was fighting to get on all these other shows, Midnight Special, and stand-up was, became a huge thing. And stand-up comedians got to go on all these shows. But then on the Sunset Strip, you had drugs everywhere, whores, you know, tranny, yeah. hookers fucking running around. And it was... Uh, As you said that, I thought, you know what's interesting is our social media presence, our marketing, our the way we're doing it is simply 
a um, a reaction to the fact that there were only a few outlets for comics for a long time. And then comics like Dane just were like, fuck it, I'll make my own path. Yeah. And then, which is perfect, you know, leads to what is taking a majority of my fucking time is uh, All Things Comedy. All Things Comedy. That's my that's my label. And so um, we... It's my click. Your click, uh, I'm going to announce this here, and I just well, I actually texted you because I was like, are you around? I, wanna, I need to talk to you about something. We just got some money. Yeah. We just got a lot of it. Really? Yeah. And we're all things comedy is getting his website redone right now. We're gonna start making video I got that I got that email from Oscar about all the things the in the fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's going down. It's fucking and this is something I've been talking about for years and something me and Bill Berg came up with and I've been busy with all this other shit, but really trying to nurture this company along because we should own all of our own content. We just should distribute all of our own content. You know, like these comedy dynamics and all these comedy club owners, and we're just everyone's getting fucked so hard. You have no idea how much a creator gets fucked uh, because yeah. you can't. There's a big reward at the end of this when they know that you're the decision. You know, you're calling shots, and you're Kevin Hart. Things are fantastic. If you are you are in demand and you have multiple suitors good for you yeah but if you're a very funny comic and you've got middling success just because it just you know dice man like you get a netflix special dice yeah. like that you yeah. get cast in saturday night live i can dice come up leslie jones is tolling around for a long fucking time <laughs> before you know she got on snl so we have a tons of comics that we're friends with that we know are hilarious um I'm going to name a couple. Like, we're going to do news. Michael Costa, yeah. I think, is one of the funniest fucking dudes I've ever come across. Yep. And he doesn't have anything right yeah. now. And so, anyway, we just want to start making shit. And so we, that, the most talked about thing everyone always asks me is, when's that cooking show coming out? There, people can't guys, wait to see it. I showed, I, I showed the, what? I just want to say straight to camera. Oh, yeah. We did a cooking show called Something's Burning with Bert. <laughs> And we had recipe ideas that we were trying to concoct. We couldn't find any of the ingredients. I finally talked to his buddy who's a chef who was Carl. Yeah, Carl Ruiz, the Carl, mad Carl mad Ruiz, Cuban. the mad Cuban fucking, we were just on the phone as I was walking around a Korean supermarket. <laughs> and he's like, put this in your cart. Okay, go find some of this. Go find yeah. some of this. And he helped me make a sauce. I, my, my wife had the idea for the sauce. I, by the way, you know, can I tell you this? I made those nachos. Uh, for my family the next night, the next night without the fish, without the fish, yeah. I made those not those exact. I had the rest of the pork butt, and I had the things, and I made those, and everyone fucking lost their mind. It was great. Um, so we made a show called Something's Burning, and Tom and Bill were stoked because they were in and out. Bert, hilarious, not a sanitary cook, not a sanitary cook. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I showed it to Leanne. And because uh, they we have a it's not even a string out we just have a straight shot of it. Oh, they like, sent yeah. they sent you some. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I haven't seen that even. Oh yeah, yeah I yeah. saw. I sent it to Leanne. What did she say? She goes, uh, typical Leanne. She goes, I don't get it. You're not a cook. I go, yeah, I know. She goes, what? I said, how many times did you laugh? She goes, I laughed hysterically. I said, that's what it is. It's just comics hanging out. Yeah. Look, who gives a fuck? I go, if you learn something about, she goes, she go, I go, if you learn something about cooking, fantastic. But really, it's just fucking fun. You know what the takeaway for that is that sauce. Yeah. Yeah. That's the takeaway. That if you're going to take away so, anything, yeah. is that sauce was just so easy to make. Too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so 
that's the thing is that no other cooking show would have the you know in it terms was of the so laughs and the content going on. Fun. And then we shot comedians playing poker. poker? I want to see that. Oh, it's good. I'll send you a link. Yeah. The four of us still know how to play poker. <laughs> I got drunk before we started. Like I fucking I'm not the drunk you are. I'm I, I quiet up. Like I'm just there fucking <laughs> laughing at everybody. Bobby Lee and Bill have a to watch this show just for the relationship that Bobby Lee has with Bill Burr is worth it alone. Yeah. They have a weird thing. I captured it a while ago. In the green room, and it started when Bill first moved to L.A., he came into the comedy store, and he's in the comedy store, and Bill overheard Bobby, and Bill he didn't even know this. I mean, Bobby didn't know this, but Bill overheard Bobby say, I don't want Bill to, I don't want to follow Bill Burr, because he was a poppin'. Yeah. And um, then walked up to Bill and said, when you going up? And Bill looked at him like, you little fucking rat. You already know when I'm going up, you piece of shit. Like, fucking, you just talk to the guy about it, overheard. Like, fucking, and then you're going to come ask me? Like, yeah. it's fucking, hey. Like, and just immediately, and Bill does the same thing I do, which is go straight to dead to me. Yeah. Like, one little character fuck up, little snake move like that. Ooh. Dead. He told me about one. I won't, I won't share it. But I was, I was like, after. yeah, I'm sure I know it. Yeah, yeah, I think you know it. And I, I just like, he's like that though. He's, he's an, he's, he's a regular person. Yeah. You know? So, and that's the other thing that brings us back to where we started in the first place. It's just with all this stuff going on and when you have kids and stand up, and that's another thing that I'm sure you see because you have two lovely girls and who I just saw are getting so big. I saw them at the uh, comedy jam taping. They were ugh. sitting over to my right. Jesus Christ! Oh, so fucking. Ugh, I, I'm having a problem with them getting up, getting older. Like it's just, I'm like, I want, I want to start all over. I want to have a new family. I want to start. I want, to, I want babies again. I have an 11 year old girl. Yeah, and an almost 15 year old son, Lorenzo, who came over to the yeah. house when you had the birthday party. Um, we just had something come up for Valentine's Day. That made me very worried about what's going down because uh, one of the families came up, nice family, yeah, and had a big heart-shaped C's candy box. But, you know, if you have a kid, they do Valentine's just like when we were little. You get the ones you buy. You write the names on them. My wife goes overboard. I married half Korean Martha Stewart who makes her own online and fucking does a thing. And it's got a theme. Everybody gets unique. She out-moms everybody. It's yeah. a gigantic pain in the ass. And so deliver. Everyone gets the same thing. Five girls in the fifth grade got special gifts. One dude who looks like Danny Zuko uh, brought fucking a girl of teddy bear. Nice one. Plush. And then another guy brought something else and something else. So they had all – it's collusion for me because they all picked girls. Yeah. And my daughter got, again, a $30 bo- box of C's. Yeah. The note says from – and then the lady hands it to my wife. This is from the family. Wink, wink. They're 11-year-old girls. Yeah. So I go up to the teacher and I call her over. And I go, you hear about all these special gifts? And she goes, no, I don't. I go, yeah, five different special gifts. And I said, you've been teaching fifth grade for a long time. Has this ever happened before? And she goes, not at all. No. 
It's unprecedented. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I go, well, this is too soon. Yeah. You better get a handle on it. Oh. And I walked away. <laughs> like, she's like, I'm going to. That's the problem. So she had to call all the boys in and tell them to ease the fuck up. Yeah. Because if see, people start picking girls, like, I don't want my daughter to have, like, some dude, you know, especially a 10 and 11 is too much. It's too crazy. Oh, my, my older one is, I don't know. No phone yet, though, right? No, they, oh, they both have phones. What? Yeah, they both have phones. Why? Uh, Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why? I don't know. There's no reason. You can't give me a reason. I don't know. They, no, well, you got to gotta get a hold of them. No, you don't. You borrow every borrow a phone. Yeah, if there's a problem, she's she'll call at like four o'clock to pick her up from school. She'll call. She'll be like, "I'm ready. I've got cooking class. I'm ready." Yeah, they, Leanne got them both phone. They both have phones, and then. Are they on apps? Are they on to Snapchat? Uh, we just had a real big shakedown because I posted a video to promote um, a sh- the Calgary show, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was me working on the back, and then I walk away and I'm oh, naked. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and all my kids' friends were on Facebook and Instagram, and I, my wife's like, "You got to take it down." I was like, "No, just get them to fucking not follow me." Like, how come? Why? Why is it like? They they shouldn't be in the world like that. They shouldn't be seeing things like that. But like I'm doing it because it's funny and that's what I do for a living. And so Leanne's like, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I don't. It just sucks that like now you're in a place in life where I guess that's why you don't have kids. I guess that's you know. Well, that's where we have a lot of friends that don't have kids and their lives are you know so interesting. And said you know comics can just hang out all night. You know, in terms yeah. of and they can do all that shit. They can post anything they want. They they can say anything they want. I have this 15-year-old son where I know for a fact that was happening, and I anticipated it was happening. And I, even then, I don't talk about it really any sex stuff in my act. Yeah. I swear in my act, whatever. But I just like – I don't talk about my wife in a gross way or anything like that. <laughs> I used to – actually, I used to. I Before I was aware of it, I had a joke about how my wife uh, post-second kid because she breastfed – now her tits, like one looks like a man's wallet and the other one looks like a leather satchel you might see at a Renaissance fair after it was dropped by a falcon at a high altitude. <laughs> and, uh, I can, and, like, and I do this, like, <laughs> flappy bee tits. And, uh, and I can't, you know, now my kids have access to this. Like, But they're, you know what? They're not that interested. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is that they really don't. My kids could give two shits about... Georgia said to me about my special, she said, hey, can I watch your special? I was like, I think to a part. So I watched the beginning of it, and immediately she's like, yo, is Isla seen this? Because I'm talking about Isla. I'm, I'm talking about Isla right now. Isla, my new hour, I have 22 minutes about her. Like, And I'm like, I got to cut it down so that it's not just an act about this one child that happens to be different. I make fun of my son in this special nonstop because my son, it was like he was a good athlete, but now he became like a mediocre athlete because everyone got huge and he's just. Yeah. My son scored thirty four points in a basketball game once. Really? Yeah. At ten years old, don't fuck with Lorenzo. Like he was bad. Yeah. Like he just schooled people, made all the shots. He was the guy. Everyone grew. He did not. 
confidence got shot, and now he's actually picking it up again. Like this kid, I went to go play with him the other day, made eight three-pointers in a row. Just whoof, really whoof, whoof, dropping like Steph Curry style. I'd just be in so much better shape if I had a son. <laughs> yeah, I'd go. fucking do shit all the time with him. Yeah, we could do My daughter plays uh, club volleyball. You should go to have him do shit like that. My daughters are so fucking lazy. Really? Oh, The only thing they do is softball. We go out in the front yard and with wiffle balls, and we'll We'll play like so that. that's fucking volleyball net. Oh, yeah, that's uh, badminton. We've badminton. been playing, oh, we yeah. playing badminton the, every day. That's the worst oh. volleyball net I've ever seen. And then yeah. I saw it's badminton. That's uh, yeah, badminton is. Uh, but my daughters are even horrible at that. They're just <laughs> uncoordinated. That's funny. I, Isla's, Isla today, uh, we're riding her bikes to school, and she fucking ran into you know. You know how like you hit uh, rearview mirrors with your car yeah, in, I did in that. Hollywood? I, did. I, I hit it with her bike handle. I did I go, that drunk in college. <laughs> fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about that. You talk about hitting the bike handle. You talk about them being weird and awkward. Down there watching this special. And, you know, my son, I invited him to come with me to the special. And he had to do something else. He's like, I can't go. And he didn't care. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't give a shit. About mentioning them too much. Are there are there stories. are there Hollywood kids? Are there any actors at your kids' school? Renazizi's kids. That's it. Really? So we moved to. That's why I live in Pasadena. Yeah, I love your house because we don't want there to be. My wife has this thing where she says, "I love our school because we're the biggest assholes there." Yeah. We don't. I don't want my kids to have be with any other actor kids. There's not many. I don't think there's many in our school. I don't think so. But you go. The problem is, is that you go to some of these schools and they're dying and like keep up with you know uh, Steve Carell's kids. Yeah, they flew him on a plane and they went to go see a Knicks game in Madison Square Garden. Whatever. You, and it's like, you, yeah, I can't compete with. Do that. Do you remember Elizabeth Porter? Yeah, she ran Comedy Central for a sure. long time. Um, I took a meeting with her the other day, and she was like, "Oh, she was talking about they have a kid, her and her husband. Her husband's a comedy writer." And she's like, I go, do you guys have, they live in Silver Lake. I go, do you guys have uh, any other actors? She goes, oh, my God. And listed off the fucking writers that all do drop-off. They do, like, safety valet. And I was like, I couldn't go to that school. I'd be so fucking intimidated. Yeah. I'd be like, the whole time I'd be like. No, but I just don't want my kid to keep compete with their kids. I don't want my kids to. Yeah. They grow up too fast. I think I don't want my kids doing blow at 13 either or at half. You know how like that Rihanna half shaved head thing. Oh. Like I'm not doing that. I'm not. I want my kids to have normal backgrounds and then they can just rebel against whatever they want. Their life is already too weird. You know, they just. Yeah. They'll come over and like a Christmas party is like you. Rory Scoville, you know, like all these, yeah. you know, just comedy friends and people are all fucking around and they'll see everybody on TV and they don't even think anything of it. And I think that's strange. That's another thing. It's I crazy. saw my daughters love the, this show. Good luck, Charlie. And uh, yeah. and so that I'm having birth conquerors, or I think, premiering. Or trip flip one. Some shows premiering. We're having a premiere party, and the, the dad from Good Luck Charlie shows up to the thing. And the so, big blonde yeah, guy. Big, yeah, he was the one in uh, True Romance. I'm shot, man. <laughs> and so I said, dude, I go, do you mind? I go, I gotta introduce you to my daughters. And he's like, I don't mind. So I go, girls, come over here. And I said, this is my buddy. I want to introduce you, and they're like, yeah. I go, all right. And then Georgia goes, are we done? And I was like, yeah. She's like, okay. And leaves. So I go over to her. I go, hey. It's your favorite show, motherfucker. And she goes, yeah, sit down from Good Luck Charlie. I said, yeah, aren't you like 
didn't you want to say something? She goes, no. I go, aren't you impressed that you, the guy, your favorite show, that's the dad? She goes, dad, he's just on TV. It's not a big deal. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Yep. I was like, fuck. Same exact thing. Is that uh, so? Anyway, I like having kids and doing stand-up comedy. It's it's really is a young. Even though you see all these old comics, yeah, it's a young man's game. But it, it to go out and fucking be out on a Tuesday and just do it's it so nonsense. fucking hard. How do you do it? I talked to Fitzsimmons about it. Fitzsimmons like, no, I just I don't wake up until noon or until ten. The kids go to school. He goes, I'm a comic. I stay out at night. That's my job. He oh, goes, yeah, I don't do that. I don't do that either. I'll, I call in sparingly. Like, I will call in. I'll do Tuesday nights, if that. But if I'm on the road, I won't work that week. Like, I'm really hard. How do you do it? I wake up. I just take a lot of vitamin B12. Rogan told me that I told him I was getting tired in the afternoons, and he thinks I have a vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> so <laughs> he got me taking, like, a multivitamin around 3 p.m. every day. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I just really try to fucking go for it, and I don't. That's the other thing is I don't sleep until ten. I don't take fucking naps. What's your day look like? What what t- what what time do you wake up? So I woke up today at five forty-five in the morning. I have a son to Jesus. wake up who has to make it to a bus by six forty. So I know he likes to sleep in until like six ten, six oh five. So I start turning on lights, make coffee. Usually, your wife up. My wife is up. We'll switch. But the latest person, the the last person to get up gets up at 7 a.m. And that's your daughter? And No, that's, yeah, that's my daughter. And we're up, like the whole house is up by 7 a.m. every single day. Really? So then kids have to go to the bus. Kids have to go to school. My daughter needs to be dropped off by 8. Then what I'll try to do if I have a free day, I couldn't do it this morning, is I'll go to the gym 8.30 to 9.30. Go to this Pasadena gym with all these Lululemon moms. Yeah. And people make fun. But I'd rather work out with like, it's really, really attractive rich Pasadena women and yeah. uh, that's the uh, that's I work out with them and then I um, start so I'll be writing or working by 10 a.m. every single day writing what do you like writing a script writing jokes writing so work? no not writing jokes ever <laughs> <laughs> I wish if I was writing jokes every single day at 10 a.m. everyone would know about it because I'd have a comedy special every single fucking year yeah. and I would be one of the most prolific comics of all time <laughs> I barely write stand up stand up is on that list of 29 things yeah like hitting 20 at this point <laughs> like, like it, it's brutal so that's why this special is like a collection of three and a half years of bits. Like this yeah. is not – so I'm not one of those dudes who's going – I've thrown an, an hour away to get to this hour. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the best of three and a half years of work. I see. I just took my list. I want to I want to keep going with your list, but I yeah, took please. my list and I shaved it down. And I just put three things on it. What are your three things? Podcasts, stand-up, um, scripted. One one scripted show. Okay. And then, But then I just sold a couple uh, non-scripted ideas. And so and uh, so I'm, not, I'm lying a little bit. But, but I really – for a moment, I was just shaved it down because I was like – I was like, I, re- I really well, – You got to put something's burning on there. Something's burning is on, is on that list. I, I'm, <laughs> by the way, I'm, I, I keep meaning to call Oscar with notes – but uh, 
But the, I feel like when my list gets too heavy, like when I was at Travel Channel, I was losing my fucking mind. I didn't know what it was like to relax. I was. I don't. I, I, yeah. I bought a bunch of Jack Reacher books, and I'm reading a book right now called The Cartel by Don Winslow, which is really good. I highly recommend these Don Winslow books. But I have to have these books to force myself to go. You were at my place at night. Yep. You got to see my place during the day. I'll show you a picture. We have a backyard that I have. I have three hammocks. I don't lay in. Your house is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I, would well, I, never, have, I would never leave your house. I would have all this stuff. I made like a little vacation place in my backyard. Yeah. And I don't spend any time back there. I also like to garden. I like to fuck around in the backyard, and I don't do that at all. So I had to force myself to read, to know, to settle down. Anyway, so I shoot. This is what I got going on this so week. 10, 10 o'clock you're, you're writing then? 10 o'clock I'm writing. I have a movie that I've written. Mm-hmm. That I'm fixing up. I'm on draft number two. Well, it's really like draft number four right now. Yeah. But I wrote that with Kevin Christie, but we're actually trying to get it produced. And that's like a Mexican breakfast club type of thing set in El Paso. Yeah. And so I'm doing that. I have a TV show. I've had a deal. And is, you know, stand up comedians and writers, you get uh, network development deals. And so this is maybe I had deal number seven. <laughs> Last uh, last year, I thought I had a lot of deals. That seven's a fucking dickload. Yeah, it's crazy because all of those deals are for my own "Everybody Loves Raymond" type of show too. So I've written, uh, I have seven different pilot scripts and more that are specs yeah. for my own show that I think are legitimately good. Like I got told by Les Moonves, uh, you know. Two years ago, what a great writer I was, and like he's the decision maker, and how far my script went in this process of forty, and then you know Matt LeBlanc is going to get the show over me because I really, you know, I'm not a known name. So it's all it's going so to- fucking crazy in this business that you can work as much as you have. And people still go, oh, it's that guy's not doing anything. Yeah, it's too, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you are the mo- you are the busiest dude I know. Um, I shoot a pilot in Mexico next week that I created and um, executive producing for Comedy Central. Really? Uh, yeah. It's, Can you uh, talk about it or no? Yeah, sure. It's, what a, is it? it's a travel show with uh, Chris Red, Jack Knight, and Josh Johnson. It's Chris like, Red. Chris Red is uh, black he's a pop star. Yeah. Oh yeah, yo, he's great. And then Jack Knight is young, super charming, funny black comic. And then Josh Johnson, Tonight Show writer, but hilarious. Just taped half hours. I think all three of the guys just did half hours. For all Comedy black central, yes. And what do you? What's what's the show? It's, it's it's called Travel Show. We don't really have the title, but it's called Travel Show. It's not. It's thing. Three guys are just showing up in a city. And things not going according to plan. Yeah. Like it's a travel show, but they it's more about their relationships and then it, but it is, it's a travel show. So you're gonna see a different city every single week. Yeah. But it's these three young, very different black friends that brings you like, you know, a whole swingers vibe to the whole thing. It's like one's a Vince Vaughn type, one's this giant, you know, yeah. nebishy kind of guy and they have a great time. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so we do Cabo San Lucas. Uh Mike Lawrence is the head writer on that. Mike Lawrence. As, oh yeah, I winner of the Rose yeah, Battle. Dude, it's a fucking joke. I keep machine. trying I keep trying to get him to be on the podcast. Oh, and- you should. Well, he's busy. He just got another writing gig. Like he's, he's like, fucking blown up. So, and then so movie, TV show. Just met 
with writers and producers last week because I have another TV show idea that they really like, and so then we'll go and shop that around. I'm working with James Corden's people on my own show. I'm like on a talk time. show? Or, yeah, or? yeah, I got a really good idea for a weekly uh, talk show. Because that's the other thing is like every Daily Show person went and graduated into their own show. I went directly into a sitcom, which is awesome. Yeah. Fourth lead on a sitcom is the best thing ever. Yeah. Because what and that's another thing. You should do more acting. Why don't you do I I'm have a scripted deal that we're doing uh I think we should be shooting in August, I think. We just we we're just breaking the stories right now. Yeah. And uh and and that's I I I really don't like I don't want to be Now I, I say this I think I'm wrong about this. I don't think I want to be like the – I want to be the star of a show and I want it to be about me and I want it to be my creative vision. Like I don't want to just get plugged into an acting role. Oh, it's not me, man. I go, my dream is to drop all of this shit and just be the sixth or seventh lead <laughs> on a NCIS where I wear a lab coat and I'm like ethnic lab rat. Yeah. And I go, you guys aren't going to like this. <laughs> And fucking go ka-ching and fucking go sit in that backyard and read a Jack Reacher and have a fucking Booker's. Oh, I see. My problem is yeah. I, my problem is uh, number one. I like when I was doing Travel Channel, I thought I was really happy, and then it turns out I, I just wasn't. I mean, I, I was very happy. I really enjoyed it because you are to everyone. Listening and people that know you, you do seem like the happiest guy of all time, no matter what your situation is. I did. I I have hardcore FOMO. So, like, as I was doing Travel Channel, I kept thinking to myself, I wish I was, I wish I was at the store. I wish I was at the improv. I wish I was, I wish I was still plugged in. And then when I stopped doing it, I started, I started really focusing on my standup and I was like, Oh, I fucking forgot. I love this. I forgot that I really truth. When you, when you break a joke, like, like it's one thing to get an idea and to get it kind of up and running. But then when you break a joke and you go, Oh fuck, I figured it out. I figured it out. I, that happened to me this weekend and I was so inspired. When's the last time you've seen, you you were like watched a Rogan set, uh, last Tuesday, I guess. Cause that bit that he has, about the woman who got impregnated without the uh, no vagina. No, I haven't seen that bit. Dude, I told him afterwards because I have a little bit of comedy snob also. You I'm know, a I hardcore snob. And you see a lot of people, you guys that are super successful, that have no business. Don't belong doing stand-up at all. <laughs> yeah. Like- I went through and watched a bunch of Netflix specials this weekend and was like, oh, dude. You you shouldn't be doing stand up. You, you just sh- memorized the cadences of fucking yeah. like stand up comedy. There's so many people that should not be doing stand up yeah. that I'm blown the fuck away. That are super like that's another thing. It's like I'm being a fucking baby about this, but it's a little disheartening for somebody who's like, I have a line about this. It's like I feel like stand up is my life's calling. And it's difficult for me to admit that it's somebody else's last resort. Like there's a lot of people doing stand up. That oh, that's a really brilliant fucking, fucking sentence. Yeah, well, that it's somebody else's last resort. Like yeah. they're like, I, I, I guess I could do stand up. I guess, and so it's a cash grab for some people. And it's uh, by the way, I've gotten in a lot of trouble doing that, saying talking you, shit. To that's people. my favorite thing about you is that you. 
I remember hearing you talk shit on Rogan's podcast a long time ago. Yeah. Just lighting motherfuckers up, and you're like, fuck, that guy, he's a thief, fuck this. And I was yeah. like, I remember going like, fuck. Well, me and Mike Costa, that's the other thing, is I have the balls to go up and talk to people right to their face. I'll never do anything on Twitter. And that's what fucking, if you are on tweeting at somebody and not putting the at symbol directly to their thing or tweeting, yeah. talking some shit. To about people like say it to their face like yeah. that's another thing is people have done the at thing and fucking talk some shit somebody tweeted Al Madrigal you could look this up I gotta retweet it and pin it pussy ass um wannabe comic um fucking sand nigger I'm half Mexican uh, <laughs> and I was like for those of you listening yeah you come find me. Yeah. And you say it to my face. Oh, dude. And I'd love it. And I won't react. I'd laugh. But, like, fucking have some balls. But if you're fucking tweeting shit and talking shit, like, come talk shit to my face and then I'll That's respect That's what you. I don't fucking like is that someone would think that you you literally are. You are the. You were the guy that I heard the most about. When I first came, like when I first started doing the road. Well, we have a lot in common because uh, we found each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, I don't even want to get into it. Uh, that other, you know. What? The man. Who oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nameless. <laughs> <laughs> but but oh, that we, started, we bonded probably over that and then yeah. became buddies and like have been. But you were, the fun- you were the funniest guy. I remember watching your set. We did that uh, showcase in San Jose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, this, this is the funniest fucking comic I've ever seen. And and ever, and I remember I was sitting in the back with someone. And they were like, oh, Al's like toured with Mitch, toured with Chappelle, toured with ever. And I was like, fuck, man, how do I get that good? And I remember, I remember you had a joke that I had, bit, it, that had been in front of my face, and I didn't write. And I went, fuck this, the fucking. Uh, the Russian or the Russian kids in the sandbox. Oh yeah, yeah. The Armenian they, kids. Yeah, sand toy repo man. Yeah, because uh, when your kids are playing in the park, and then uh, you bring a bunch of sand toys and you put them down. If anybody has little tiny kids, you know this is very true. You put your sand toys down, and then people take them, and yeah. people dig, and you're like, yeah, everybody enjoy them. But yeah. then at the, when you're ready to go, you got to be sand toy repo man and go <laughs> like, hey, I, I'm gonna need that shovel back, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's my shovel. It's my shovel. <laughs> I think you're grave. I think you're grave. Armenian baby. I think of. Yeah. I think of. I think of your joke. I think of your joke sometimes. The um looks like he's not gonna. Looks like what's the Burger King jo- joke? Looks like he's not gonna have it his way. Oh oh <laughs> shit! That's an old bit. Dude, I Dude. fucking love. You're you're sincerely one of the best stand ups working. Like uh, no, you know that you're one of the best stand ups working. If you didn't have twenty nine things on your list and you wrote jokes every single day, you're right. You would be the greatest stand up that we'd ever known. I did not say that, but yeah, but if you worked at this, um, it really is true. Like you would be prolific, and I didn't care if there was an audience for it or not. I would just be putting out albums, and that's the other thing. Is like that's what I can do. And I, when I say I'm going to quit, yeah. like I'm really not going on the road. I do a ton of corporate stand up. Yeah, and that's once you get great. paid thirty thousand dollars to do a gig at three thirty in the afternoon. There is no going back. (laughs) (laughs) Bargatze was – have you ever seen Nate Bargatze do stand-up? Yeah, I love him. He's fucking hilarious. And he was like – we were talking – we were talking – I love when comics talk numbers because it it allows you to realize where you are 
in the business and what you need to get to. You know, like, and he was telling us what he gets paid for his corporates. And I was like, I don't know if I'd ever do the road. I go, why are you doing the fucking road? And he was like, he's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep it. You gotta keep as, do as much of different things. You gotta do the clubs. You gotta do the road. You get, you gotta do the corporates. If you just do the corporates, he's like, I I can't just do corporates. I was like, dude, he, he did a gig where they flew him to fucking Asia to be on a yacht with the owner of the Seahawks, I guess. And like, he, he opened on this yacht. I mean, I don't know if I should be telling his story. I'm sure he's he's like, hey, Bert, I told you that in privacy. Like, don't share that. No, but, but does that go through Fallon? I mean, that's for like, I mean, it must be. One of the, Fallon loves him. He's one of the greatest stand-ups. And the, to have access to those types of gigs, you find yourself in some weird situations. Yeah, he opened and, for Stevie Wonder on this yacht. Stevie Wonder... It was him and then Stevie Wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Stevie Wonder. I did a gig before the Super Bowl. The lineup was Jeremy Renner, me, and the Steve Miller Band. Wait, what did Jeremy Renner do? Had a couple drinks and just talked. He host, He was the host. Shut up. He's like, yeah. hey, guys. Yeah. He's like, you just may brooded, know he's just just seen him on the Avengers <laughs> and Hurt Locker <laughs> and Mission Impossible up. and every other huge franchise. And now I he, did, you're host. I did one corporate. One. I've done one corporate. And it was, and I'd fallen off that waterfall, and I was on oxys and Valium. And at one point, one of the guys in the thing goes, "Hey man, just tell the machine story." So I was like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, we just just tell the machine story, and then let's go drink." They just wanted me to tell the machine story, and then go party with them in Aspen. They flew me to Aspen, put me up in Aspen, paid fucking ridiculous twenty five grand, and then they were like, "They go tell the machine story." Like I'm doing bits, and the guy goes, "You're gonna tell the machine story, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Just tell it, and then we'll go drink." I was like, done. Told the machine story, came in, they asked a bunch of questions about it, and just drank with them all night. Wow. It was the fucking greatest. Yeah, I do a lot of corporate hosting. I was Viacom's host for a while, so I did all these Viacom conferences. They paid incredibly well, and then to go do... You know, a fucking funny bone after that where I have a $5,000 guarantee, not going to fucking happen. I'm not going to do it because I'd rather hang out with my – you know, I went to a volleyball tournament all day yesterday I, yeah. I, and sat there with the – you know, talk shit with the other dads and I just – Well, it doesn't make sense. I mean it doesn't make sense because the amount of money you make doing all your other things, you don't need that fucking five grand and i love doing stand-up so you could sort of pull a fitzsimmons so you can go to because you look at fitzsimmons and how he's able to sort of do a lot of different things yeah and he still does way more road than i would like but i also act more than he does and i feel like i have different stuff going on also being an actor on a tv show it's like being like a little fucking prince somewhere. It's like, would you like me to bring you? They just put out some tuna salad and chicken salad, and they're gonna, <laughs> you want me to bring you a smoothie? Huh? Can yeah, I get you something? Only sitcom I ever wor- worked on was uh, my like right when I first got out here. I got put in a sitcom in CBS, and uh, and it was like I remember I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was like. I said to the craft service, I was like, hey, those uh, little corn dogs you had yesterday, those were really good. And then you watch this guy. I didn't realize it, but he's like, I'll go get them. And then he had to go and get more corn dogs for me. Like, So we went to the store and bought those little corn dogs and came back, and they had them. And he was like, do you want me to bring them into your dressing room? And I'm like, oh, no, I was just asking if you had them. And he was like, no, no, I went and got them. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. 
anything. I did a show in 2007 with Raquel Welch and Jeffrey Tambor uh, called Welcome to the Captain. Yeah. I think of that every time I drive through uh, Larchmont. <laughs> yeah. When that building was... Dude, I've been on so many shows. You have no idea. Like, I had a show in 2003. This is the one that brought me down here. But Cheech played my dad. I was number one on call sheet. I was supposed to be like... Yeah, what was that? It was called The Ortegas. And we shot... 12 of well we shot six there were supposed to be 12 i was wearing a pilgrim's outfit what time you gotta get out of here no i don't have any uh no that's uh i don't have any time i have to get out of here i'm fine so i'm in a pilgrim's outfit it was an improvised talk show it was based on a british show and my uh, slot was i was following the simpsons sunday night November 4th of 2003, and they canceled it and didn't air any of them. Really? Yeah. So I have this. I have. I actually have them. You know what? I need to find that Vietnamese guy. I'm going to send him all of the shows, and he can post them all. Oh, I, I'm, I, I feel like telling people, hey, guys, rip everything I do and post it. Yeah. Someone, I'll, I'll, go, I'll get you the fucking I'm files. A, so I'm in a sitcom that no one's ever seen before that we have shot, and the only tapes that exist of it are in my living room. Like I have a bunch of CDs. I, sh- I should start posting full episodes failed, of failed pilots. Of, oh, do I have so many fucking failed pilots? Yeah, I have so many. I t- I told, uh, I have uh, I have full episodes of the X Show. Maybe I'll just post those yeah. full episodes of the X Show. I was show. in a pilot with Martin Short, who I played his secretary in. Like, <laughs> yeah. what was that? That was a show called The IRS, and it was an IRS office in uh, Akron, and it was uh, me. Martin Short, I mean, I was like a subcharacter character, but it's uh, Martin Short, Carrie Kenny from the state. Yeah, she's fucking hilarious awesome. Hilarious on Reno 911. And then David Crumholtz, Orlando Jones, Ju- Judy Greer, Randall Park, the dad who is the uh, on uh, Fresh Off the Boat. He's a yeah. very funny comic. And uh, Matt Moy, who's in Two Broke Girls. And even some more people. And it was a huge sort of ensemble cast. Holy shit. And uh, nothing. Not like no play at all. Oh, I have so many. I have so many fucking pilots. I want to get all my pilots. I want to get my manager to get all get all my pilots, and then I'm just gonna put them all online. Yeah, just why not? Like, who gives a fuck? Not anymore. I think that's sort of changing. I think. I think there should be a whole TV network. They they could never do this because they have to pay for rights and yeah. reuse and everything like that. It would cost them a lot of money. But there should be a whole TV ne- network dedicated to. One-offs and pilots and shows no one's ever seen before. Yeah, I fucking I I mean now it's like now I feel things are so easy when you have an idea you can just go shoot it like something's burning. We were walking through the uh, soapbox thing and you know they're like we had a kitchen here we could shoot something. I pitched something's burning so many fucking times to real networks like to go and let's do this and then everyone's like I don't get it. You're not a chef and I was like that. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Doesn't matter. You don't yeah. have to be a chef. Anybody's everybody's a chef nowadays. Nowadays, every fucking. What do you mean you're not a chef? You look at the Food Network and you have that hot chick from Reno nine one. Uh, not Reno nine one one. Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. Oh, What's Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, she's a chef. Re, uh, they, dude, that that was one of the. You'd watch the Food Network. The one thing I'm trying to avoid in my life is. I'm obsessed with this right now. The people that are in this business where celebrity is the reason they're there. Like they're, they don't really have a passion for 
whatever the fuck they're yeah, doing. That's the other thing. That's it comes down to stand up, and this is going to bring us full circle. Is that there's a certain amount of desperation that goes along with. I I need to do a podcast. I need to do this because everyone else is doing it, and I need to keep. But there's nothing that really drives it, you know. And there's nothing like if you to do stand up. I really feel like it has to be like this calling, you know, that yeah. you feel as an artist. Like somebody doesn't pick up a paintbrush because they think it's going to get them noticed. You know, you feel like you're just yeah. fucking this innate thing. There are you have there are to no do. painters that are in it for the fame. Yeah. But there's so many comics that are just in it to get famous. Yep. I bet if you gave them fame, they'd probably stop doing stand-up. Oh, you know what you should go back and listen to? Have you heard about... I'm so horrible. I just got to... This is why I need to maybe walk away. Is that... Like, my kill Tonys. Oh, yeah. Just too mean. Like, just... (laughs) Stop. Hey, this guy's done 30 seconds. Some girl... Stop. I did kill kill Tony the other day, and some girl goes... um, I said something, and she goes, I didn't get in this business to do that, dot, dot, dot. And I go, honey, I didn't get in this business to shit blood at an airport at 6 a.m., but that's part of the gig. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's, yeah, well, it's, do you have blood coming out? Uh, I did yeah. once. Uh, no, I have a lot. Really? Yeah. From what? I think it's hemorrhoids. <laughs> I fell off an aircraft carrier, and I was shitting blood. And uh, I thought I'd ruptured internal organs or something, and I go, go in, and he fingers my ass, and he's like, "No, you ruptured a hemorrhoid. It's hemorrhoids." And yeah, I was like, "Really? Hemorrhoids. Yeah." I said, "Which is not a horrible problem, but like once every two months, yeah, it's gonna be some blood." Bob Biggerstaff has my favorite joke I've ever ever heard. He goes, uh, "This is I'm fucking it up. I'm sorry, Bob, if you're listening." Um, he's got a podcast called "Hello, uh, Hello Guys." Uh, Enjoy, guys. His his, his podcast. Um, his joke is, uh, this is how I wipe. Brown, 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 red, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, if Fitzsimmons uh, has a great joke about fucking shitting and watching some like vegan shit. Yeah. Where it just comes out smoothly. And it's <laughs> like he's got one leg up shaking. <laughs> he, fucking, he goes, first two wipes, I don't even look at those. <laughs> I don't even look at those. <laughs> yeah. I know First two bad. wives, I don't even <laughs> look at those. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's what Soder and I were doing this weekend. We were just quoting our favorite Attell jokes. Oh, wow. He had this joke about that Attell said about pandas. I forget what the joke was. No, not pandas, koalas. Ah, fuck. I love the asides from Attell when I would go and watch it, like the punchline when he would show up. Yeah. And he would do monkey, pu- monkey pussy to get, now you're back. Like <laughs> Monkey like, pussy, now yeah. you're back. And he would make fun of people in the audience and he would do it so... Um, I love when he called out and he would nickname audience members and I was sitting there and he's like, where are you going, Asian jazz man? Hey. <laughs> he said huh? one time yeah. I was walking through the back of the comedy store and he goes, and I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He goes, this is, by the way, this is just to play. It, this was in 1997. So he goes, uh, ah, only two things wear Hawaiian shirts, party animals and faggots. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. He's the fucking best. So, Nate, Nate told a great story what? about Attell. Apparently, it's like Nate and Soder are standing next to Attell, and this drunk guy comes up, and he's like fucking fucking tussling with him. He's like, Dave, I love you, man. I love you, Dave. I love you. Like shaking him. And he's like, I love you. And Dave goes, great. Let me introduce you to my two friends. Stands by and watches it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
fucking it tells the best. Yeah. I want to get him on my podcast. Um, he's he's hard to. Well, I mean, you can now sort of visualize everything you want to have happen. You can chart out the career you want for yourself. Rogan is a perfect example of that. Sort of visualize, like like me at the Niners the other day. Yeah, I'm a lifelong Golden State Warrior and Forty Nine er fan. This is like a dream come true. How did you get in there? I roasted. I did a private gig. Roasted. I, me and Soder. Mm-hmm. There's comics that are 49er fans. I'll tell you, like uh, I know Michael Che, Dan Soder, Tommy Jonigan, David Huntsberger, myself, are big Niner fans. Yeah. I know Carlos Ellis Rocky as well. I can't leave him out. And we, the four of us, went up and did this rules of engagement thing. We did videos for the Niners. Yeah. But it was through Steve Simone. So Steve Simone used to be in Philly. Yeah. And work for the Eagles. The guy he worked with at the Eagles, who was in charge of their, like, shooting some of their videos, went to Kansas City Chiefs. Then the Niners hired him. Simone hooked him up with me. I started talking to him on the phone. We became good friends. He now became the vice president of the 49ers. Oh, wow. And had me do a gig where I roasted Trent Baalke, the old GM, on his 50th birthday. So I'm shitting on Jed York. I'm, like, everybody's there. Tom Rathman, Trent Dilfer. And I'm just crushing people. Jim Tomsula, before he was coach, I walked up and I go, keep it going for Ron Jeremy, everybody. (laughs) And he turns around and goes, fuck you. (laughs) And I just go, let's get started. And I just hammered people. I go, Jed York is here. Um, Big round of applause for Jed. He's the owner of the San Francisco 49ers. I go, Jed went to Notre Dame on a my mom owns a fucking football team scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) And just people are going nuts. Yeah. And then I made fun of Colin Kaepernick way while he was still good. (laughs) And people went. And Trent Dilford. Uh, in the back, this is like my opening lines because yeah. I knew for a fact that this is way before any of this news came out. Jim Harbaugh and uh, people and people weren't getting along. Yeah. So I go, Jim Harbaugh couldn't be here tonight, folks. Before we start, a couple of announcements. That's the best way to start any roast. Yeah. So let me. Uh, Jim Harbaugh cannot be here, unfortunately. He's on a Disney cruise. Where I have it on good authority that he's already made Goofy cry twice. <laughs> And he also just tried to sign Peter Pan to the practice squad as a four-string quarterback, which is ridiculous because we already have Colt McCoy. How many Peter Pans do we need? (laughs) And fucking, I hear Dilfer in the back go, holy shit, this is going to be good. (laughs) And then I go, A.J. Jenkins can't be here tonight. He's a bad draft pick, little wide receiver that never worked out. And I go, he wanted to come, but... um, he got bumped by an old lady in the airport and thrown off his route. <laughs> and then when he went out to get on the plane, they wouldn't let him fly without an adult. And then I go, and Colin oh. Kaepernick uh, can't be here tonight, folks, which I'm bummed about. Colin really wanted to come. But you see, he had a second option. And for the first time in his entire career, he decided to take a look at it. <laughs> And fucking, <laughs> fucking the place went bananas. Oh, that's fucking I mean, great. this is like... A hundred football executives. Me, I'm the only comedian there, and a couple of his friends got up and told some stories. Yeah. But then I just fucking hammered people. Things went a little south. If anybody's a hockey fan, the general manager of the San Jose Sharks was there. This guy, Doug Wilson, 
And I saved him for last, which was a mistake, and I should have just excluded him. Really? Because there's all football guys. I had jokes for scouts. I did an impression of the trainer. Like, fucking the trainer came up to me, this guy Ferg, and he's like, hey, buddy, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> Chewing at all times. Yeah. I go, he goes, anything you need, bro? I'll. I'll take care of it. I'm, I'm, I'm your guy. Yeah. Like you want anything Niner related, I will oh. make it happen. So I grew up with this team. My dad had tickets at Kizar Stadium. Uh, I had the same section with all my buddies in Candlestick growing up. I went to every single game since I was five years old on. Really? So I've been at that stadium, lived there, and then they moved. We have 16 tickets at the new stadium, and then all of this shit happened. So then – I meet Jed York afterwards. I meet everybody afterwards, and then they tell me, you know, and I go and I do. I roasted the NFL owners before the Super Bowl. That was the Jeremy Renner, Steve Miller gig. Oh, really? So I was sitting at a table with Robert Kraft, the CEO of Pepsi. Robert Kraft is the owner of the New England yeah, yeah, Patriots, yeah. and Les Moonves. Right when I had a script that with CBS, and he was the sole decision maker. Like it was insane. He was at the roast. He was. He was at my table. Jed York, the owner of the 49ers, goes, hey, man. He goes, I know you got this CBS deal. You want to sit next to Les Moonves? And I go, shut up. Sure. Fuck it. <laughs> Things couldn't get weirder. Fuck. And so that's when I walked in. Did you I get nervous? To... Dude, I was incredibly nervous because Jeremy Renner was on stage and the CEO of Pepsi is next to me. This yeah. woman, Indra Nuhi, who is a badass. Old, what I had no idea is all the stadium owners, all the owners of all these football teams, billionaires, we're all making their rounds by my table and kissing her ring because she has Pepsi deals at every single stadium. So she's responsible for giving each of them like $20 million. Oh, wow. So they, I, And she's a huge Daily Show fan, which I knew. She goes, she was taking selfies with me. So then people are saying, who the fuck is this guy? Shut the yeah, fuck so, up. And people were coming around and being nice to me. See, th this blows me away. This You have such a... a different career than the majority of comics that ever will do stand-up like i would be shitting my pants i was so i'm sitting next to the this guy stacy who's the head of pr for the patriots and i'm running some bits by him and i go i was gonna go up and do this tooth fairy bit and he goes buddy nobody wants to hear about your kids <laughs> yeah, wait till you hear this fucking so and this is afterwards yeah. so i do my bit it they all can't laugh as much as they'd like to. My biggest laughs come from people that aren't present. Like I'm roasting every almost every single owner. So I get to Woody Johnson from the Jets, who's the owner of the Jets. I know everything. Yeah. And he wasn't there. And I go, I'm bummed that Woody Johnson couldn't be here tonight, folks. I'm a big fan of his, such an admirer. I mean, to achieve so much success, fortune and fame with a name that really it literally translates to penis penis. <laughs> Because all it would, the jokes were sort of softballs. That's a huge yeah. laugh. Yeah. You know why? Wasn't there. When you know, I do my Mark Davis Raiders jokes, yeah. he's at the table next to him. They can't laugh in his face. Yeah. So I go, Mark Davis is here, folks. A lot of people don't know this, but Mark also wanted to move his team to Los Angeles, but um, he couldn't because his minivan broke down outside of Gilroy. And it's just like he's there. He's got one of the worst haircuts. If you don't know what Mark Davis, the owner of the now Las Vegas Raiders, uh, his hair looks like, you got to yeah. look at it. It's just a straight up bowl cut. Yeah. And I go, the closest thing the Raiders have come to a bowl is the one they put on Mark Davis's head before his next haircut and shit like that. And no laughs. Really? 
Because he's sitting right there, and they're, right there. And, and they're all power brokers. Yeah, the coolest dude came up to me afterwards. He's the president of the Chargers, and he goes, dude, we go to the La Jolla Comedy Store all the time. He goes, that was fucking hilarious. Me and my wife wanted were dying, but you realize no one could laugh, right? <laughs> and then even in the draft room, John Lynch, he goes, I remember you. He goes, you were the guy that got up and did that roast. He goes, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But he goes, it was cr- it was like crickets oh, a little bit. Yeah. But I got big laughs here and there. Jerry Jones heckled me at really? one point. Yeah. I go, Jerry Jones is here tonight. He goes, don't do it. <laughs> don't even think about it, buddy. <laughs> like that. And I go, Jerry, I'm going to do it. It's one joke. It's harmless. It's like that. And they were all softballs, too, because yeah. I listed out my jokes with the president of the 49ers. He goes, let me hear him. And I do like Virginia McCaskey is here tonight, folks. Uh, the owner of the Bears. Yeah, she's been with the Bears a long time, ever since they were loaded onto the Ark. And uh, cause she's an old lady. That's a great, <laughs> yeah. that's a great joke. And fucking, he goes, dude, that's one of the best jokes I ever heard. You can't do it. Can't do it at all because they're all so sensitive. So these are billionaires. Twenty yeah. billionaires, easy. That relate to nothing. The I'm standing there with Rich Eisen, and the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars' son after. Crazy yeah. conversations. I talked to me, Jed, and Jerry Jones talked for 20 minutes. Like, it just chit-chatting. God. With Jerry Jones, I could have gone to strippers. I could have gone to, like, so yeah. many dark places that I just couldn't, so I didn't. Yeah. And then I'm standing there with um, this kid from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he goes, man, he goes, you did really good. He goes, you did so much better than the last comedian we had. He was so terrible. Who? He just ate shit. And I go, who was it? And he goes, this guy, Jim Gaffigan? Oh, shut up! <laughs> yeah. Oh, shut up! Because he did material. And they don't relate to anything. And if you're, up there, to anything. If you're up there talking about bologna and Hot Pockets and all the fucking... Jim Gaffigan is one of the best comedians that exists. But they have such a different... They want jokes about... They can't... Like, what are they going to talk about? Their pilot getting in a fight with their chef? Like, yeah. they can't... Their pilot getting in a fight <laughs> with their chef. No, you hate it. Dude, when... Can I... To, when I did that corporate, the girl said to me, all these guys are very wealthy. And I was like, okay. She's like, so... Like, I'd talk about your Rolex. I'd talk about, like, flying first class. I was like, I don't ha- I don't write jokes. I don't write, like, I don't That's write. That's a whole, that, you know what? This is untapped uh, comedy set. Just do a set yeah. for ultra-wealthy people. Have an hour that just caters to the ultra-wealthy. Like a super billionaire stand-up comic could <laughs> just talk about shit they can relate so my, to. I, I had a joke the other day. My maid, uh, my maid came over. And she's like, yeah, I'll well, see you in two weeks. I said, you're not coming next week? She goes, no, I'm going to Hawaii. I was like. How much are we fucking paying? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Hawaii? She's going to fucking Hawaii? Oh, and Leah's like, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And then we got our gardener went to fucking. Well, he went to Mexico. But he went to Mexico for a month. And he just left for a month. And we still paid him. And I was what? like. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck, Leanne? Dude, my gardener brings me cigars. And Bill thinks it's the best thing. He's like, isn't it fucking great that you started as a stand-up comic? No hopes of making money, money, and now you have a story about your gardener bringing you cigars? Yeah. Like, fucking... Dude, I, I get blown away sometimes. Like, well, I took the f- girls to London. I'm, f- I'm sure I've told this somewhere, but I took the girls to London, and uh, we we took, we had, like, a driver taking us out to the to um, to um this Warwick, Warwick Castle. We're going to spend the night, and we stop in Shakespeare's hometown 
to go have lunch on this be- on the Thames River. It's just this beautiful, fucking rustic, uh, like bread and breakfast that we're gonna stop. Amazing, off. yeah. And uh, it's real rich people shit. And I, I like, I mean, we're doing it, but it is what rich people do. And then all of a sudden, Leanne just goes, "I'm getting out of the car." And she goes, "Wait, wait, wait, stop and take a second to be very proud of yourself." Because she goes, "Just your silly jokes got us here. Like your jokes." You just me going up on an open mic and saying, "I think I can do this," mm-hmm. and then you then you have a, the ability to afford to take your family to Europe. You're like, "Shut the fuck yeah. up!" Stand up comedy, and it really also to people listening. And I've said this on other shows, but I'm going to say it again. If you haven't heard me talk about this, find what it is that you really, really love. Chances are you're listening to this on a way to a, a job that you can't stand. But what we have in common is something magical does happen when you find the thing that you truly should do and you love doing and you start doing it, all things fall into place. And now we're sitting in this super fucking cool man cave and you're able to take your kids to fucking Europe because because of- I'm, because I, I love it. I yeah. love stand-up. I love it, and I obsess about it. I love watching good stand-up. I love, like, I just started reading again because I was like, I bet it'll add to my stand-up. Yeah. I bet if I have knowledge of shit I don't know, sure. it'll slide away and slide in the same way it does with, like, a tell. Tell and Big J, Soder and I were saying this, they have some, sometimes they have the obscurest references, but you they're funny because you go, like, where did you, where did you pick that up? Where, what did you do last week? Like, they're almost like, willing to bring in new stuff so i'm reading this book about this hermit because i have part of me wants to just fucking disappear so i was like maybe i'll maybe that'll turn into a joke what i have the disappear thing going in a major way so i'm looking at real estate constantly thinking about because i'm close now to kids being out of the house i'm on the back end of this thing okay let's start this very slowly (laughs) this is i'm having panic about this so i look at rvs do you know what? All right. So I want to start. We got to do this. This will be our baby steps. And you, if me and you do it, and I know we can get Rory Scoville and Jay Larson and a bunch of other guys with yeah. kids to do it. I want to do a caravan comedy tour. And I want to all of us to get our own RV. Yeah. Family comes. Yeah. We set out. We pick them up in Phoenix. We do Grand Canyon, whatever. We do all that shit. Oh. And then we go through and we do a show in Tucson. And we all camp. Yeah. And the guys go out at night and do our shows. And all the women and the kids, they fucking camp fired up and do I s'mores love this and idea. all this stuff. Let's do this this summer. Yeah, please. I'll be fucking great. We could do it in August for sure. We take them down to Bisbee to visit Uncle, Uncle Doug. <laughs> I love it. Doug. Yeah. Leanne and I almost bought uh, an RV uh, the other day. Really? Le- uh, Leanne's obsessed with RVs. I'll go with you to look at them anytime. Oh, Because okay. I bought a 1988 FJ62 Land Cruiser yeah. that I know I, I mean, I, I got it for this reason, to tow a trailer. So and I look at trailers constantly. We look at trailers non-fucking-stop. Well, you know what uh, website I'm on and everybody's got to go to this website? is sportsmobile.com. And what they do is they'll take a Dodge Sprinter and they <sighs> completely fucking trick it out. Now, you need about $80,000. But this thing is loaded and built any way you want it to be built. It's also you can do it with a diesel engine, create this. What's the name of the website? Sportsmobile.com. 
Now they've been around forever, and it's like a lot of they'll trick out an Econoline van. I'm sure Rogan has one or custom camper it. vans. Yep. Start looking at some of the models because then they'll take a diesel Mercedes huge like sort of touring van, and <gasps> these are fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. Can, uh, can I tell you one of my favorite things to do? Uh, um, I think it's called van life. It's all these rock climbers live out of their vans. And I and they met one of those dudes, yeah, in Yosemite. I did a Sierra Club benefit with that, the like one of the main guys. Yeah, yeah. and the, and so they they do these tours of their vans. Uh, the guy that was on Alex Alex Hanahold Hanahelder, I saw he was the he's the guy that free climbed fucking El Capitan. Yeah, El Capitan. Yeah, I did he's, a, a speeching game with him. Like Jesus. he was the a keynote speaker, and I watched his van life, and they were just taking a tour of his van, and I was like, oh, this is fucking badass, and I was like, oh, I want a van. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to get a fucking van. What I'm going to do is get – this is what Leanne and I have been thinking. about: get uh, an RV that we find that, and then gut it and make personalize it and make it ours. But, yeah, I'm, I'm having real sincere panic attacks. I was sitting out front with Leanne, and I said something. I said oh, – I shouldn't – but I, I'll just tell you, yeah, speak honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm I'd say that's how we started. This started yeah. with panic attacks. Yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night. I said to Leanne, I said, uh, I, I, said I want to get a new house. I said – I. I feel like I'm at the age because you just fixed this. We just fixed it, but now Leanne she goes, "No, this is where I'm gonna. This, I'm gonna, this is a house I'm gonna live in forever." And then I was like, "Hold on, I want one more. I want one more. I want a big house. We're not I go- in that house yet." Um, I moved to that house. Yeah, we had. We remember when me and my wife came in here, like, "Holy shit, this is our exact same house." Yeah. Because this is all the same stuff. It must have been the same builder. We had every single same everything. Yeah. And we fixed our place up. And then you wait for the market to get to the perfect place, and you cash out. And you guys should move to the fucking big I one because life said is too I want short. A big one. I said I want a big one with a. I want. I want to go in over my head. I want a fucking. I want to really get like a fucking nice house. And Leanne's like, no, this house. And then she said, this. I'm in the front yard, and she goes, we got to figure. In six years, the girl's gonna be gone. It's just gonna be me and you. And I fucking had panic sear through my heart. I was like, whoa, 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 just me and you. <laughs> I was like, there's going to be no distractions, no rodeo clowns in the house, like, making noise. Just me and you? And she goes, yeah. Have I'll you go. had both girls leave the house and go to sleepovers and have it just be you and Leanne in the house? Uh, no. We just had it. Me and my wife went out for a hike the next day. We took the dogs on a hike. And we were, like, looking at each other, like, what the fuck is this about? Like, we couldn't, like, us, no one, because my kids will bicker, you know, just yeah, like your kids yeah. will. And, like, just, there's no problems at all. And my kids are great. Well, we're hanging out. We're remodeling our kitchen right now. and I love your kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves my kitchen. It's, guess who didn't love it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I can... Uh, <laughs> We're all eating King Taco and sitting there. Yeah. And, uh, oh, which leads me to another story. This just happened last night. So I didn't tell my wife. I said a lady, but um, I parked my car right out in front of King Taco. King Taco is an L.A. taco franchise. It's fucking great. So I parked the car. Pasadena meters are crazy. But I get the best parking spot. Look at my wife's car. No quarter tray like I have. Yeah. Not a dime, nothing. Yeah. It's all in her purse. So I go into the King Taco with a, I, my money out. I got $20. And I go, hey, everybody in line, um, I just need a 
quarter, I go, I'll pay you right back. But if you got two quarters, turn around. She says, I hear, I got a quarter. And it is a really super cute in the face, huge boobed Latina chick who takes out some quarters and gives them to me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I go, oh, that's sort of a meet cute type of situation. Yeah. So I go, I'll be right back. And I go and put the quarters in and I come back. And then I, I always do like rewarding people that are just super nice, you know, yeah. and I go, you know what? What are you getting? What are you ordering right now? She goes, I'm just going to get two tacos to go. And I'm like, I'm going to get your two tacos. Yeah. So I get a separate receipt. And she was like, oh, you're getting my two tacos. And then she goes, well, I'm a hugger. Can I give you a hug? I was like, oh, I'm about to. I'm a hugger, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I love hugs. Yeah. I love getting hugs. <laughs> so I get it. And her friends are cracking up. <laughs> But, you know, here she doesn't have any wedding ring or anything like that. And I'm like getting, I'm now I'm hugging a chick and a yeah. King Taco to humongous boobs. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, Jesus, like this is definitely was a thing. Yeah. But again, no chance. Like, it's like I got to go home to, you know, my kids in my remodeled kitchen. But like yeah. as a stand up comic, you know, and you talk about your wife and kids on stage, but there still is like. Oh. Chicks out there. That's the other thing. It's like we live vicariously through these single comedians. And you think about life choices and you also think about like we're closing in on the tail end of this when it's just going to be you and your wife in a hammock reading books. You're going to have reading glasses. I got readers. I got my readers back there. My wife just bought me. Oh, they're right here. I got my wife bought me uh, bought me. Nine pairs of readers, and then just put them all over the house. Because I was, I'm always like, "Where the fuck are the readers?" She just bought yeah. nine pairs. Amazon, like, you can yeah. buy them at Amazon for like three dollars. You get five fucking, pairs of glasses. Oh. So anyway, we're we're closing in on old age, Jesus. and now we're thinking at, and I'm looking at houses in Ohio, and I'm oh, looking at I'd love to live in Ohio. Yeah, I want to be able to like go there. Come down, work in L.A., and go back and just hermit out. So that's what I, I feel like we're on the same page with that. You know what's so funny? I didn't. I maybe I just maybe I need to buy a house in like Big Bear or Ojai and just Lake Arrowhead. When we're off the podcast, yeah, I'm going to go on. Do you have a real estate apps? I have Redfin, Trulia, Zillow. All I've all got these. Zillow, Trulia, and Redfin. Check those out. I'm going to add them right now. So. Red I go fin. on there and I look at Lake Arrowhead and I look at um, all these other little places. You can't. Somebody was telling me about Pioneer Town. Everyone's moving to Pioneer Town. Really? Here's what I want to do. This is what exactly I want to do. I want to fucking my kids to go off to college, and then I want to do a tour with other dads whose kids are off in college and their wives, and like we all just go like. Me, you, who else has got kids? Our Papa, age? Tom, Papa, Tom, Papa. To go yeah, with. and we all bring our wives and our, and it's just like we get like a like a, a tour bus and a, or an RV, and we all are in the just the dads and the wives, and we're doing like dad and wife shit, like going out to eat at night to nice places, going wine tasting, and then we do the show, and everything pays for itself. Yeah. Oh fuck. So that's, that's you just described the uh, or the the, the camper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just pitched you back just your idea. That- I just pitched my idea. <laughs> Barry Katz did that. By the way, I'm not shitting on Barry. Uh, Barry's got a new movie coming out. He, I'm not thinking about him on the podcast. Barry Katz went. Inside. He has a new movie coming out about himself. No, but a documentary he did. Um, I fucking meant to reply to him. I'm sorry. Can someone tell Barry I watched it and I like it and I want to talk to him about it? Um, I, can't, I shouldn't talk about it until he gets on this thing, but 
he one time we were in a meeting and uh i i pitched an idea and i pitched the idea was a guy goes out on uh three dates with three different women i'm the host except you don't know the girls don't know that i'm the host so, like, if he takes them out to eat, I'm the waiter. If they go to surf, surf, surf lessons, I'm the surf instructor. If they go rock climbing, I'm the rock climbing instructor. And my goal is just to make sure he isn't set up in the best scenario every time. I'm his wingman. And then Barry... Secret and, wingman. Yeah. And so Barry... Louis Ander, it was me and Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson was producing it. Barry, Barry and Louis were producing it. I was hosting it. And then I pitched it. And <laughs> Barry goes, I got a better idea. Hold on. What if you don't? They don't know that you're the host, and you are like the wingman. And Louis looks at me and he goes, "Did he just pitch your idea to you?" <laughs> I said, "I think so." And Barry goes, "I like it." And, and Louis goes, "I like it." And so we did it. And uh, it uh, and then Louis fired Barry, and they never tried to sell it. It's a good idea. Yeah. There's so many of those ideas that comedians have, and they again. Um, That'd be a show that we could make. So we're getting enough money at All Things Comedy yeah. to produce shows. We're going to be talking about producing specials. We're going to we're going to do all of that and also have full transparency. I did my show, my special, with a production company. I don't know how much was spent on X, and you know, it's like I know that it costs a lot of money. Yeah, but I know that Jay Larson just did his for forty grand. I know Felipe shot his own. What what do they What do they shoot? Just sizzles? No, the entire special. Oh, they shot their special. They shot their entire. Oh, hour I know how special. much my special cost. I but I, but I know how much mine cost. I know how much Seguro's cost. And like, because they shot them themselves. No, no, no. That was the budget that a production company used. The the budget. I know what the we all know what the budgets are. Yeah. I want to know what it really costs. What it really costs. That's what I'm getting at. I, so what I did, I, I, I called High Noon, my production company and what, that was doing Trip Flip, when I wanted to do a special. I had, an, I had an outstanding offer at Showtime. Gary Garfinkel had said, whenever you want to shoot your special. Gary Garfinkel did the coolest Hollywood thing. You know G- Gary? No. I, uh, I think he's still at Showtime. I'm almost certain he is. He's in charge of the acquisitions. Is he? I think so. Um, yeah. So... I'm in Montreal. This is my favorite. This is one of the like solid fucking Hollywood stories. I'm in Montreal t- two years ago, three years ago, maybe three years ago. I don't know. And I'm doing my hour for all the buyers, HBO, Netflix, um, Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Yeah. They're all at the Nest. I think I was at the Nest. And they're all watching me run this, do, the, do my hour to see if they want to buy it. Uh, I'm nervous as shit going, fuck, like, I don't, and Gary Garfinkel comes up to my green room with, uh, two Jamesons, hands me one and he goes, have a great show. I said, thanks. He goes, just, you know, I'll buy it. And I went, what? And he goes, I'll buy it. You don't even need to do the hour. I buy it. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. So there's no pressure. It's already been sold. So go and have a great show. And I was like, (sighs) I was like, fucking Thank you, dude. That was the coolest thing. What a sweet fucking. What it uh, just. You don't hear about those great stories and good people like there's the greatest yeah. fucking guy. And I was like, dude. I was like, you have no idea how big, how monumental that is to me. Because now I get to have a great. Now I get to go out knowing that I get a seven point lead. You know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I just got to not fumble the ball. It's. Oh, I, well, Showtime put out some really shitty comedy uh, and has been associated with some really bad stand-up. But thanks to Sebastian, 
Yeah. Thanks to yourself. And I feel they're doing one with Eric Griffin and Santina because of the I'm dying up here thing. I yeah. feel like I'm in really good company going into this. And like I say, I say I qu- I'll quit. Yeah. I'm like, it's not an idle threat. Like, I, like, I, like, and some people are like listening probably going, yeah, fucking quit. Like, <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I'm going to walk away. I'll pack your bags for you. Yeah. yeah. But I, um, it's good, you know. Like I said, my other one was on Comedy Central, and Comedy Central airs this shit. Oh, on Friday night at midnight, and then doesn't have any streaming option for you to watch it. They think they do, but it's not one anyone even knows about or is aware of. I had know, they don't put any money behind. Like, hey, Comedy yeah. Central streaming, you can watch all of these specials. There's no billboard that's ever existed for that. There's no marketing campaign. It's like you know what all these comedians have in common. They did a Comedy Central special, and you can watch them all here for five bucks a month. They don't have. Any outreach like that. Yeah. So there's a ton of us that have done Comedy Central specials, which, again, my other one, Why Is the Rabbit Crying, showed up on every single top ten list for the year. No one saw it. Yeah, no one saw mine. No <laughs> one. And if they did, do you want to know? that? Yeah, that's, that's it. Yep. You want to know the real irony? That I don't even know if there's irony, but the real fucking hilariousness of this, we all shot specials for Comedy Central at the same time. Me... Chris Titus, Bill Burr, and Pete Corielli. Okay? We all got the exact same note. Wear dark colored jeans with a dark colored shirt with a with a with a with a, with a, with a uh, no way. With, and we all wore black shirts with dark jeans. All of us. We look identical. Hilarious. Not, you couldn't tell any of our specials apart. And and they were all shot in the exact same theater. So we're wearing the same outfit. It's fucking. The only difference is I have some facial hair. Yeah, but it was like fucking. Well, it's like, not until Bill takes his business to Netflix and then um, other people start doing Netflix specials. That's why I. What's the next one going to be? What's the next thing going to be? Because it can't like right Showtime's now. Showtime's at a good spot. You know what? Ideally, the net next thing is going to be is well, you know, co- uh, all things comedy is going to start doing specials and then sell them to these other places. So yeah. we're going to do exactly what you know. I'm shooting my next one in. I haven't. I guess I'm announcing this now, but uh, I'm shooting my next one in February. In, oh shit! Uh, at the Trocadero. That's a great spot to shoot in. Yeah, I'm, my grandmother's going to be ninety eight. Yeah, and I was I'm gonna have her uh, bring me on stage. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I'm, I've already I've admit, I got to figure out a couple more stories, but I'm uh-huh. doing the road so aggressively until then. Yeah, and I'm and I, I'm not doing theater. I'm doing theaters in uh, Australia, but I'm not doing the. Oh, by the way, I'm do, I'm doing a tour in Australia, everybody. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, and so, but I'm doing clubs because I want to keep doing. I want to get it in road. Like I. I miss, I missed that when I was young, when, how when I was hungry and I was like fucking on the road and I was do a weekend and you'd fucking really just it's almost like you when you Perfected do it a lot an act. yeah you you perfect it and you almost have like all the instead of like you're a butcher and you've got every knife at your disposal but mm-hmm. when you ju- when you're doing television and you're just doing stand up every now and then it's like you go oh I got one knife I know I got one knife that can cut mm-hmm. let's just hope but right now I'm like I fucking I did like 18 weeks in a row. And I fucking came out like with huge chunks worked out, and I was like, "This is what I'm fucking talking about." Yeah, see, I don't. Yeah, I have the opposite of that. I have no. 
I have this special, and then I have no. I had a couple things drop in my lap, and she was like, "Oh, that could be a bit. That could be a bit." Yeah. But now I'm like, all my efforts are concentrated on like writing and this movie and producing this show. But you're. Like but that's. I don't. I think you'd be bored just doing stand up. You're different than all of us. I've always said this. Tom and I've always said this. You're different than all of us because. You can do what we all do, but you can also do a hundred other things. So that's why I sat with this guy, Jonathan Groff, who is one of the executive producers of Blackish, and he was uh, the showrunner for Happy Endings at the time. Yeah. And I was telling him about my background, and I didn't even think twice about it, but now it's sort of coming back to me. Um, he goes, Oh, dude, he goes, You're going to be a great showrunner. You could be a showrunner. Oh, you'd be a fantastic showrunner. And that's what's happening. And then I had this deal with CBS, and I go, I'd like to match up with one of your Latino showrunners if possible. And he goes, there are no Latino showrunners. And I go, really? And he goes, that's what you are, man. And then got a phone call where somebody wants me to be that. And then I have this Comedy Central thing where I'm the creative creator and executive producer, and I am the showrunner. Yeah, that's starting to happen. And then also, you get to stay. I get a huge amount of like satisfaction from writing jokes for other people yeah. and having them kill. Me and Kevin Christie watched Tim Allen come out of retirement. Yeah. They're in the Laugh Factory. And it, he was working shit out. So this is a guy who used to be on the top of the, top of the world. Does all the Santa Claus movies, home improvement, hugely successful. Goes on stage at the Laugh Factory, and people were thrilled to see him, but it wasn't good. Yeah. And he's, he hadn't worked it out. So I walked up to his assistant, and then I talked to Tim, and I go, hey, do you mind? We can just watch that. I want to come tomorrow night, and I'm going to record. And then I'm going to go back, and I go, just so we can do it. And I handed that fucker nine pages of jokes. Yeah. And I saw me and Kevin Chris high fived because he got a standing ovation after his fucking set and he got a huge applause break after one of our bits and we were like, Boom fucking walked away. And he never like there was no compensation. Yeah. There was zero. I didn't expect it, didn't ask for it, didn't even think about it. And fucking handed the guy nine pages, and some of them were great, but it worked in with his all the premises that he had. Yeah, I took them, and we just wrote them all out, and just re- had bits for him. And then he um, killed it. Like I was so excited watching another dude fucking kill with my material. I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh, yeah. So I get a great. I, I, did, I didn't. I standard. didn't like it so much when I watched other dudes kill with my material. <laughs> <laughs> well. When you hand them the sheet of paper, yeah, it's different. Yeah, I would love. I, I, my problem is, I am so, I'm so. Uh, I have a really hard time taking uh, advice from anyone else. Like I, I, fe- I don't. It's I like someone, someone just. So it was like I remember Tosh one time it was like, "Hey man, uh, you should." I like that black chick. You always want to date a black chick. Joke. You should, you should keep that, but. I have a joke that I can't use that you should use to open it. Like I, I had a joke about I always want to date a black chick. And then I went through this scenario of what it would be like. Like go to her house. Her brothers are working in the front yard. Working out in the front yard with their gl- talks, Glocks and their texts and their Rottweilers and their pit bulls. One dude's in a wheelchair with a pacifier. And then you're like, hey, fellas, is licorice here? And and But Tosh is like, you need to open it with, 
I've always wanted to date a black chick just as long as she's never had sex with a black guy. <laughs> and I was, it's such a great joke, but I could never do it. I could never. Why? Because do it was it. his? Because he gave it to me, and I was like, and I was like, eh, I don't know. If, if I don't write it, I don't want to do it. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Like I'm like it's part of part of the thing is like when I do stand up, this is I'm showing you what I can do. Mm-hmm. That's me. This is everything is Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer did all of this. If it's hacky, it's because Burt Kreischer is a little hacky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll. I'll never steal. I'll never borrow. I'll never. If I find a theme is treading on someone else's theme i fucking bail on it oh this special fucking i have a thing and i don't really watch many stand-ups yeah and he came up to me afterwards and we're really good friends that's why it's like i'm buddies with this guy i like him a lot he's one of sebastian oh yeah so sebastian comes up to me and i have this in my special maybe 12 minutes of this Yelp thing where yeah. I went to a restaurant, I found her's review afterwards, like I talk about how my wife is obsessed with it. But then I was going through and I was watching some of the ocean. I was going on Showtime seeing how mine would be listed. Yeah. And then I had never seen any of Sebastian's specials before. So I was like, I'll just click on this. Yeah. Little nugget of exactly my Yelp thing. Really? And he comes up to me afterwards and this is me doing a set like seven months ago and he goes, the Yelp thing's hilarious. How long have you been doing that? And I didn't know. And I go, oh Jesus! I've been carrying around this fucking material for four years. Yeah. Like I'm like the worst. I don't do anything. Like I've way yeah. too long. <laughs> way too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, oh okay. And I was, you know, we're again we're friendly. Yeah. And I thought he was just admiring a bit because a couple of people came up. Like I perfected it once I started working on it. Yeah. And again, it's twelve minutes. It's not. Like, I take the same nugget of a premise that the What's two the- of us thought of. Well, it's just Yelp. Like, not once have I ever thought to fucking log in after having a club sandwich. Like, I don't understand the any the mentality of anybody who's reviewing anything. I really don't. If you're not a professional fucking you reviewer getting paid for it, I don't understand who's fucking taking the time out of their lives to do anything. Me. Shut the fuck I up. I swear to God. You ready? I'll read you one of my reviews. For what? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta find. You have so much shit going on. That is such a waste oh. of time. Unless you're using oh, this I as a bit. Fucking no! I swear to God. So what I would do? I my <laughs> reviews aren't on here. I'm on. It's on a different account. Um, For I food would, restaurants. A hundred percent. So we both. This is both of our joke. And I did this. I do this all the time. Can I tell you? Can I tell you that I believe I, when I watch, I, I watched Sebastian's the first one. I think the one that really popped for him. I yeah. watched it just sitting in the man cave one night. It came on, and I'm having a glass of wine, and I'm like, "Oh, this shit's fucking funny." I don't, and I don't think we I, always Sebastian, loved him. Yeah, we in the back of the comedy store, me, Maz Jabrani, and uh, Steve and Easy. I remember. I, was, I just was hanging out with Maz the other day. He's great. Where was I one of my good, good friends. So we would drink, and we would be, this is like 2005, 2004, yeah. and we'd watch Sebastian and fucking be hunched over laughing. And again, this is a comedy store. There's 12 people in the audience. Yeah. We're drunk, and it's late, and yeah. it's like, dude, he would has always killed me. I think he's fucking one of the best stand-ups yeah. that's ever been. Like, he just, I love it all. Which, by the way, I keep meaning to give him shit. When I see him, because he had a baby bash. Do you know about this? No. Because he does this whole thing. Aren't you embarrassed? Yes. He had a baby bash where all the guys dressed up in onesies. And they had like a baby party where they all dressed as babies. 
And I was like, what the fuck is this? And this is one of the first things I was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. aren't you fucking embarrassed? Like, <laughs> like, like, that was one of the things where I was like, dude, are you Seb- serious? I watched Sebastian's special and I said, when he goes, who are these people? I, I, I sat in my man cave and I go, me. I, everything that he, drives him nuts about people, I do all the time. Like, I do. Who are these people that take their shirt off at a game? I'm like, me. Yeah. Definitely me. Like, um, so I write, I write Yelp reviews, <clears throat> but they're extensive. So, like. Yeah. That's one thing I can't I understand get, people wasting their time. I, I just don't get I it. Got, uh, I, I got. I got a following? No, no. I just did. I do it for fun for me. So, I do it. I would get BLTs everywhere. When I was on the road for Travel Channel, I'd get BLTs everywhere I'd go, and I'd review the BLTs. A very simple sandwich, but I would leave, like, a fucking three-paragraph review on their BLT. Too much mayonnaise. And, like, oh, the the bacon feels like it was sourced at, from a New Zealand farm just outside Queensland. That's how good this bit. Like, I would just on and on, and I would have so much fun, but I can't find them on my fucking thing. It must be on a different account. But yeah, I used to write Revelt. I haven't written a Yelp review in a long so time. So both the same bit that we had was like, why don't you just walk up to the manager and go, hey, this place fucking, the, your, this restaurant is disgusting. Yeah. I, I walked out, I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings with my family. My son said that's where he wanted to go on his birthday. This is two years ago. Oh my God. And we go to a Buffalo Wild Wings. Just the worst service, worst experience, gross people next to us. And I'm yeah. not some snob. We were just like, I've been to plenty of Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I'm, not, like I'm not a snob. This one was a bad one. We went the one we went to in Pasadena oh. on I believe it's on Raymond was a bad it was a bad fucking Wild Wings. I wrote, so, I wrote a review of a Buffalo Wild Wings one time. Keep and, going. And I look I walked up to the manager and I go, Hey, this place is a fucking mess. I go, the waitress is slow and she's an asshole. Yeah. And I go, fucking everything about this place sucks. Yeah. And you're over here chit-chatting. Yep. Just so you know. I went. And I just walked away. And again, that's the whole thing. It's like 10 seconds. There's my review right to your fucking yeah. face. Well, I did. I long time ago, I was in Baltimore and I was right. I was staying downtown and I walked to this restaurant. I forget the name of the place. I go to the restaurant. It's middle of the afternoon. I get a beer. And uh, and I have to order a sandwich. I asked him, I said, what's the best thing you got? And he says, I don't know, man. And I go, okay. I said, is anything good? And he goes, I don't know, man. Look at the menu. So I'm like, fuck so I look you. At, so I look at the menu and I say, I think I was trying to be healthy. I say, I said, how's the turkey thing? It's good. It was so bad that I wrote a Yelp review. I was like, personally, I would never attend this place ever. The, the bartender was a dick. The sandwich was horrible. And I put it on Yelp. And then I said, I was, I was doing Rogan. And I said, yeah, I, uh, I, I've given a bad Yelp review. I gave it on this place in Baltimore. And the fucking dude contacted me. The manager contacted me. I, that's the other thing is if you put up bad reviews, they fucking, they. They try to like reply. and They reply. Right, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. reached out to me. He fucking emailed me. What did he say? He, he was like, he was like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry you had a horrible I'm sorry experience. you had a bad thing, but you can't do that to my business. You're destroying my business. You just went on the biggest podcast in the world and talk shit about my place. I got people in Baltimore that listen to Rogan are coming down to my fucking restaurant telling me that, that we were dicks to the machine. And he was like, and now I'm, I'm looking at everyone's replying to your Yelp review. I mean, could you please take it down? And I was like, hold on, your fucking service was bad. This is how it works. And then I was like, fuck, I go, I don't want this energy. So I took it down and I was yeah. like, I go, I'm sorry, bro. But like, yeah, I, I no, definitely. You don't want to shut down a business. You don't like, want to shut down a business. But they don't also realize like, 
you know, if you're, that's what brings us also back to fucking, if you're, that waiter or bartender was miserable, man. Yeah. That's not what they should be doing. Oh, our and, waitress in Calgary, I land and Scott picks me up. We go to this re- restaurant to go eat dinner because it's like late. Our waitress goes, she sits, uh, sit, we sit down and she goes, ugh, do you guys, ugh, you guys really going to sit and have dinner now? And we're like, excuse me? She's like, I was just about to be get, get cut and now I got to wait on you guys. <laughs> I was blown the fuck away. Hey, do you know this about Calgary? I was there with Tosh. Yeah. I've never seen more single, lonely men walking around by themselves in my entire life. There's a lot. Well, at my show, there are a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Go, do you see all these guys just walking around? And they yeah. weren't homeless either. Yeah. It was like just a shopping bag. <laughs> I, I wanted to do a video because I was down by the by the Prince Island, I think, and everyone was jogging. And I was like, well, I think Canadians jog different than Americans because I my theory is there's a, a comic, Robert Vitrice, who's a boxer who I was a friend of mine. and we And one day he said to me, do you think cavemen jogged the way we jog, or do you think they ran differently? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, our jog is based on watching black people run. <laughs> like, it's on basketball. Like, you see them jog down the court, so we jog cooler. You jog cooler. And I was like, I, I was thinking of that there. I wouldn't tell this as a joke because it's kind of Robert's joke, but... They jog uh, like jazzercise. They jog like- weird. Canadians jog a little different than us, and I think it's because they don't have a ton of black people. Yeah. yeah like, and because and, our, our run is based off of our sports. We watch our sports. That's how mm-hmm. I learned we're not running as a kid. I watched, I watched fucking the you run Billy like White you Shoes look Johnson. like you know how to run. Yeah, I run like I look like I know how to run. Yep, right. That's exactly what it is. And uh, that's you attribute that to watching a lot of people, what? black guys, play sports. Yeah, I'm so yeah. That's I, a good runner. Right yeah, there I know how it looks. Yeah, Ricky I, uh, Bell. What's that? Ricky Bell. Sure. Ricky Bell. I used to watch him run, and that's how now, I Now, who was your um, NFL team? Bucks. It was for a long time. Now, but then no. you switched to Rams, huh? Yeah. I well, see you at these Rams games, and I see you wearing this jazz hat. Yeah. Well, the jazz hats have a big head. So, like, when I go to— Well, no. You're just wearing a—you need to you know, go uh, Flex Fit is the brand. No, 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 no. No, no, no. They do. No, they no, get no, a no, large no, Flex no, no, Fit. No, 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 no. You have no idea how big my head is. Just put it on for a second. What size is just this? Just put it on. Just put it on. Just watch yourself. Fucking. Like a little boy, yeah. cancer boy. <laughs> <laughs> cancer boy. I, what hey. happens is fans will know that I'm coming to a place. Fitted eight. Yeah. Well, I'm seven and three eighths. I'm an eight, like a legit eight. And so I fans That's will come tight. to the shows. That's snug. Fans will come to the shows with their minor league baseball team as a size eight. I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. This dude did it in San Diego. He brought me an old school Padres hat. It's one of my favorite hats ever. I wear yeah. it all the fucking time. Got it. Yeah. I'm a crazy person that won't go to Seattle because that's how much I hate the Seahawks. <laughs> I got an audition for a movie later this afternoon, and I'm not thinking about going because the character rocks a Seahawks jersey. Really? Fuck the Seahawks. <laughs> Fuck all you Seahawks fans with your fucking face paint. You all look like Kurt Warner's wife. The fucking, you, you just, yeah, face paint, 12th man shit that you stole from Texas A&M. You should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> fucking, uh, seriously, Pete Carroll and his plastic surgery piece. Is a shit. <laughs> see, I'm not going out there. Oh, Seattle's I such a good it. market for stand-up, too. Yeah, I know. I'm fucking not going back. Ever. And now, again, I know I'm not missed. 
So fucking fuck you too. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I just hate it. I hate Seattle. I'm so passionate about hatred for teams that. I went to a Dallas Cowboys game at the 49ers. 49ers are shit right now. We're all looking like we have a chance because we have Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Yeah. But, and we're definitely, me and Soder and like a bunch of these guys, we're very excited about the prospect of us getting better because we're a horrible, horrible team that is on the rebound. We've yeah. had great days, whatever. But I went to a Dallas Cowboys game, and I told my buddy, who works in management there. It was one of the worst sports experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Why? Because I went and I was in the parking lot and my son was throwing a football with his cousin and some fat fucking overweight Mexican guy in a, uh, you know, a Irvin jersey, 88 fucking yeah. waddles up. This your fucking kid, bro? Like that, and like kids, the car, it was hitting, the ball was like, you know, the bad pass, it would yeah. roll into somebody's bumper, and it was, you're playing foot, catch with a football in a football stadium parking lot. Yeah. This is not new. Yeah. Right? It's what's done. And you tell your fucking kid, bro, fuck it, like that. And my son and my little, little nephew were there, and I was so pissed. And I was I walk back and I go, kids, you stay here. And I go, I need every guy at this tailgate to come with me right now. Every single one of them. Yeah. So 15 dudes walk back to the guy. And I go, okay. Let's have this conversation you, one more I go, time. Now that the kids aren't <laughs> around, let's talk about this again, you fucking asshole. Yeah. And I get real brave when there's a lot of other guys who can kick <laughs> some ass. We all do. We all do. <laughs> You know, one of my buddies, uh, who's that guy, Tito Ortiz? Yeah. Yeah, well, this kid that we hang out who's there, uh, was a wrestler, wrestled him and kicked his ass in high school. Like, the, yeah. Really? Yeah. This kid, uh, Joey Oliveira, was a fucking badass in high school. He was a badass high school wrestler. That's uh, why I can never be around MMA guys, because I would always be fucking brave as shit. Oh, do you know Joe Bartnick? Yeah. So, that's fucking my first comedy fights. I was... Uh, Hanging out backstage, and me and Joe, I picked him up. We're open micers. We are in San Francisco. Oh, that's right. He's from up there. Yeah. So Joe Bartnick is standing in the back. We're going to go do something afterwards. And I'm, I'm in my uh, take off a tie. I go to work every day. Yeah. I take off a tie, go sit backstage, and I'm with this black guy from Oakland named Hatch. And then another com yeah, Hatch, his catchphrase was, my shit's funny. And so me and Hatch are backstage, and we're buddies, and he goes up and does a set. And then he comes back, and it's just a curtain in the stage. Yeah. And then this guy who's like a spoken word dude from uh, Benicia goes up, and he starts, we we're just talking to each other, me and Hatch, and we overhear, fuck Hatch. Uh, something about Hatch's mom. He's incorporating it into his uh, like p comedy poetry shit. And then he says something else. I go, "Are you listening to this?" And I go, "I have a beer. I'm drinking in a uh, glass." And I go, "Fuck this!" I go, 
Let's go kick this guy's ass. <laughs> Let's go kick this guy's ass. <laughs> so he's on stage doing a set. Yeah. I pop out behind the curtain and I take the microphone out of his hand and I go fucking throw it down. I go, show's over, motherfucker. Like that. <laughs> Let's go kick this guy's ass. <laughs> and we fucking, I grab him and I push him up against the wall. All his friends go up. Hatch comes up, slaps the fucking beer out of his hand. Oh. We got this guy up against the wall and I go, I don't know what the fuck you were doing up there. Like that, but you never come back to fucking uh, the city and think you can do fucking stand up here again. Shut up. Like that. Yeah. And I go, get the fuck out of here. Here, like that, and I—I I was so brave because Joe Bartnick's six foot five, yeah, <laughs> standing in the He's back of the room, catcher's mitts for hands. Yeah, I know if anything really goes down. Yeah, but you know, I'm so fucking crazy. I really feel like if there was a fight, that I would be fine. You know, against yeah. not fighting a professional, but you know, that it's. Uh, That's my big know. fear: is that you start a fight and then, like, yeah, I had Mickey Gall in here. You know, Mickey Gall. Uh-uh. He's uh, the guy that beat CM Punk. Oh, Jesus. I had him in here. He comes over and he was he was talking. I I haven't released the podcast yet. I'll release it, in, I think, next week. I got to find it. Um, but he was saying he got into a bar fight. And he was like, he was like, there's a moment. Oh, no. It, there's a moment where he gets on top of the guy and the guy tries to do something. Mickey's like, oh, I know it. He's like, he's a, he's a pro fighter. So he's like, oh, this guy's Fucksville. And he's like, just. Like the guy tries to pull guard or do something, and the best one ever is oh, Mickey will tell that one. The best one ever is uh, you ever hear the story about Rogan and Tate? Mm-mm. Oh, this is my this is one of my favorite fucking stories. I don't know why I enjoy it so much. I love Tate. Lo- Tate's doing stand up now. Really? Yep. Tate's doing stand up. Tate's a good guy. Like yeah. that's like love Tate. Like he's like uh, he came to the All Things Comedy open house. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was just he, uh, so they go. Tate and Joe are have a connecting rooms. They're, they're you, you know walk through the door. Yeah. So they're down at the bar and there's this dickhead walking around with his shirt off in Vegas and he's just fucking start. He's going up to people and picking fights, like trying to pick a fight. How and is that allowed? Like why isn't security on him? Exactly. Like- so Tate and Joe see this and they're like, whatever, fuck that guy. They get a, they're like, we don't want any part of this. They get out of here. They're there. They go up to the room. When they get up to Joe's room, the guy's trying to get into Joe's room. He's trying to use his key to get into his room. And Joe says, hey, man, that's my room. And the guy's like, no, it's not. And he goes, yeah, it is. Tate goes to his room and opens his door, like waits for Joe, but opens his door. And he goes, no, it is my room. And he goes, no, it's not. Fuck you. And then Joe takes his key and he opens the door and he goes, see, this is my room. And the guy's like, and Joe walks in. And the guy goes, don't fucking walk away from me, bitch. And he's like. And Joe just shuts his door, and then he starts banging on fucking Joe's door. Tate comes into Joe's room, and Joe's like, what are we going to do? And Tate's like, let's fuck this guy up. So he Tate goes outside. By the way, I'm fucking the story up, Tate. If, if it's different, I apologize. <laughs> Tate goes out of his room and goes, hey, buddy. And the guy takes a swing at Tate. Tate's a pro fighter, so he's like, oh, I got this. At this moment, security's coming up with his with his friends – the security guards are coming up the elevator with his friends, coming out the elevator. Joe goes out his door. They fucking go at it. They end on the ground. They land on the ground. Joe- Tate puts them in a omoplata, like a fucking move. And the security guard goes, guys, break it up. And Joe goes, give him one second. He's a professional mixed martial artist. He's just going to put the guy to sleep. And the guy goes, what? And Tate fucking chokes him out and he goes to sleep. <laughs> And his friends are like, what? What? Like, Joe's just, like, he's calling the fight. Don't worry. He's a professional Miss Bartolomeus. He's just going to put him to sleep. And the guy's like, huh? <laughs> oh, it's my That's favorite. Great. I love that story. That's awesome. Yeah, you don't know who you're fighting. And also, like, I don't 
I again, it's like this, like where I see gross injustice. Like I see somebody, like if I see somebody hitting a woman or something like that, I'm coming in. Like I don't care if, who the fuck they are, I'm flying in. Like yeah. I just, I can't help it. I just, it's always what I've always done. Like I, I will see anything. I saw again, had seen some crazy shit. Like I'll go flying. I saw a big fucking fight in a Safeway. So homeless in San Francisco doing the punchline and this black guy walks in. He's got a backpack. I sort of see him. There's a couple security guards standing around. I'm going to get some shit from my hotel room. And I'm walking around and I see this guy. They're trying to escort this guy out. He's got a backpack. He was shoplifting. Yeah. Trying to shoplift. And the guy turns around, whips off, full on fight where the guy picks the homeless guy up. Throws them onto the big display of strawberries. They're in the middle of all the berries, and, you know, in that big oh, island in the yeah, produce yeah, section. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the produce section, it's just a fucking st- full-on strawberry fight. Like, just, <laughs> like people are they're into the flowers. You know how they have the whole flower section near yeah. the produce? F- go flying into that. And then I go and I see this, and no, everyone's just standing around. A couple of people pick up their phones and start filming. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. And I go up to the fight. And I get in the deepest loud. I'm loud. I can get really loud. Yeah. And I go, I go, it's over. Stop. Yeah. Stop now. Stop now. And they both just look up at me mid brawl and stop. Yeah. And fucking like, and I was on top of them and uh, like really authoritative shit. And uh, yeah. then, you know, it fully stopped. It was crazy. It was just, I told two people to stop fighting. <laughs> Enough! Enough! Right now! Oh, yeah. oh huh? shit. <laughs> I wish I could put a guy to sleep. And <laughs> then um, this guy walks in. He goes, holy shit, that was fucking crazy. Are you Al Madrigal? <laughs> I was like, I am. I am no matter. I I can't help but get involved when I see something. If I and, and then like if there's, there's shit going on, I will mix it up. Like yeah, that. I I have I do have a I have a thing where I can't come back from it. Like if I I I've been feeling helpless lately. So when I see helplessness happen, I can't stop it. I can't fucking stop it. Like I when I see someone taking advantage of someone, I fuck it. Fucking it makes me insane. Oh, something exactly that on my mind about well, that. I can't. I share did it. something. This is going to bring us full again. I keep saying this a million times, but we have so many different tangents that we're coming back to, and this is a tangent that brings us back to the special. In the special called Shrimpin' and Easy, yeah. I tell the shrimp revenge story. You told me that. You told me that a long time ago. I think right when it happened. I told John Hodgman from the Daily Show, and he goes, "Are you doing that as a bit?" And I go, no, because I really did it. I don't want to yeah. be liable. And he goes, comedian sued for shrimping is the best <laughs> article, headline, and press you could ever have. So yeah. just hope that the lady comes after you. <laughs> um, you. Hopefully you watch the special and it goes into what the seafood revenge sort of story is. But I flipped out at my daughter's dance studio and this is what I did. And that's what the special is called. And so I'm hoping people watch it. It's May 5th. It goes on showtime and then it's streaming. Like you said, and then I'll get a Vietnamese guy. Yeah. Listen, we've done like two hours. We should probably wrap this up. The, uh, it's on Saturday night, Friday night, Friday night, May 5th at 10 PM at uh, Yeah. I think 9 PM, 9 PM or yeah, there's people. And also there's a code, did they give you a code for a free half hour of showtime with yours? Yes. Oh, you know what they? No, you know what they did. 
you can download the, you can download the Showtime app and get a free trial. Dude, you guys got to do this. Uh, yeah, if you haven't done it for Bird Special, now you get to do that. You get to watch my special Bird Special. Do they give Sebastian you a code so you get free Showtime? I think they're giving me a code. I haven't. I get it this week. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Oh, what are you doing? Are you on the road this weekend, yeah. May fifth and sixth? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? What are you doing? I just got. I'm doing the Ice House with Ren Azizi. I was wondering if you wanted to join. No, I'm at the Cincinnati Funny Bone. Oh, cool! Yeah, the fifth and or the t- t- Liberty Township Funny Bone, and then yeah. uh, and then yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I'm dying up here, and I hope people watch the special. And uh, it's no threat with all this stuff. Like again, nobody cares. But I hope you enjoy <laughs> the special. <laughs> hey, that's what it should. The special should have been called. Nobody fucking. Hey, when's our all things comedy uh, website going to be up? Um, probably we've had to put it off a little bit, but definitely by like late summer, all new website, all new, like, it's just going to be amazing. It should be the one spot you go to for all things comedy calendar sections with all of our comics on tour and just really building it out and giving you guys access that nobody else has. I want to give you, I want to give just so you have a ton of stuff. I have a bunch of those vlogs. I'll give you all those vlogs. You just, Oh yeah. Yeah. I need all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I got to tell you about something else off air that I can't announce. It's super fucking exciting. So a lot of great stuff happening for ATC, but thanks. Uh, if you're listening to this point and you just listened to this two hour podcast, you're the reason why we're able to make all this happen. So thank you. Yeah, uh, if you're listening yes. to this point right now, we should right now is when we should talk shit about comics. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep it secret. Don't fucking tweet. Yeah. Don't also don't be a shit disturber yeah, when you hear somebody fuck. open up. Don't go, hey, they were tweeting. <laughs> Did you hear this that they are said so and so said this about you. Don't be a little fucking rat. Although I do love when they're like, "Hey man, just give me a heads up." Someone talks shit about you, and they yeah. give me a DM. I'm like, "Really?" A DM is great. Yeah, yeah. Don't Announcing put it out. Announcing it yeah. to the world and yeah. fucking like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I talk a lot of shit. I, I talk a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.